This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In a new story from Project Veritas, a whistleblower comes forward with emails showing that Pfizer doesn't want people to know that they are using fetal cells in the manufacturing of the vaccine. Now, we do know that many vaccines have used in the production of the vaccine, fetal cells. They use them to replicate the viruses. There are, I, I don't, I, I believe they're not in the vaccines themselves, but most reporting, we have this from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, says that it's just the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and other more traditional vaccines. But we've seen many pundits say that the Pfizer mRNA vaccine does not use fetal cells. Well, now we know they do. This is a big deal for people who have religious exemptions and who are upset about this. And I think the other interesting thing about the story is that Pfizer knows it will be bad for them and their capitalistic agenda, I suppose, if people become aware that they use fetal tissue. We have a bunch of other stories as well. Sweden, Finland, Denmark are suspending use of the Moderna vaccine over myocarditis fears. And there is a major shortage of like everything and food prices are through the roof. So, oh man, we got a lot to talk about. But uh, fortunately... Somehow, I guess the last minute I get a text message that James O'Keefe is coming to my house <laughs> and I'm just like, we, what, what's happening? Surprise. So James is here. Hello. Thanks for coming, man. Great to be here. You got a big story and we'll, we'll, we'll get into all of it. I think pretty sure everybody knows who you are, but you are, um, you are someone with a, a, a very serious back disorder. You were born with two spines <laughs> and <laughs> you're one of the few remaining actual investigative journalists and, uh, uh, Shane, who is also here, who is uh, running, you're, you're running for the uh, governor of Georgia as a libertarian. Correct. Uh, we were just discussing how um, you must have. Uh, I mean, you're 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 barking up the tree of a lot of very powerful and wealthy individuals, and I can't imagine that is. Uh, well, I don't know. It's not nerve wracking. Are you worried? <laughs> I, I try not to make decisions based upon fear, although you know we, we're all afraid. But uh, I try not to let fear govern my decision making. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming. Great to Shane, be here. Shane, do you want uh, do you want to briefly introduce yourself? Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you, guys. Super excited. I mean, to to be here with. I mean, J- told me James was coming in on top of this thing today. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is gonna be amazing. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm the libertarian that sp- quote unquote spoiled the Georgia race for the Republicans down there without spending <laughs> a dime. And um, you know, whether you're talking to Republicans or Democrats, they uh, they all hate or love me. And I wasn't even in the final race, but yeah, uh, I run the show Radical. And uh, man, I'm telling you what, I'm just I'm psyched to be able to do this kind of stuff with you know, really. I mean, I look around this room right now, and I'm I see guys, you know, forty ish maybe, and they're changing the world. It's absolutely thirty five. Okay, same. <laughs> you gotta take off that hat sometime, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the show. That's right. We got Luke Rakowski's hanging out. I think the shirt I'm wearing is very appropriate for today's discussion. It has uh, Mark Zuckerberg saying, "I delete your post." Bezos saying, "I delete your books." Wazinski saying, "I delete your videos," and of course, Mr. Bill Gates <laughs> saying, "I delete you," yeah. which oh. you can exclusively get on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. And I also released videos almost daily on youtube.com forward slash We Are Change. So thanks for having me. We also got Lydia pressing all the buttons. That's right. I'm along for this ride, and it's going to be wild tonight. I'm super excited to have James, 
He always has good stories, and Shane is fascinating running as a libertarian, so I'm uh, looking forward to have what they both have to say tonight. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a bonus members-only segment coming up. It usually drops around 11 or so p.m., and with your support, we are doing a bunch of amazing things. We got a couple nonprofits that are in the works, fact-checking the fact-checkers, and also building unbannable social media technology that anyone can implement using Fediverse Network and a bunch of really cool stuff. So you'll also get an ad-free experience and, of course, the members-only content. So don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're just gonna we're just gonna get into it because um, you know this is we're just it's it's a wild night. <laughs> let me just let me just start by saying that you know we had originally booked uh, Shane to come on the show and you know just talk about the news and stuff, and then I get a text message because you know James just dropped this this very big story about uh, a whistleblower coming out from Pfizer, and we were like, okay, I guess we're gonna just throw this thing together. But uh, just to, I guess, not mince any words, do you want to tell us what the story is about? And yeah, this is a, a whistleblower, current employee at Pfizer. Uh, Melissa is her name, and she and she uh, took screenshots of some emails from executives at Pfizer, including Vanessa Gelman, senior director, worldwide research. And in these emails, the pharmaceutical executives say, "quote." One or more cell lines with an origin that can be traced back to human fetal tissue has been used in laboratory tests associated with the vaccine program. Now, some of this is public knowledge in that fetal cells are used. But what's interesting about these emails is that all these executives at Pfizer are saying to each other, let's not tell people that that's true. Um, and I'm going to quote the email here, quote, we want to avoid having the information on fetal cells floating out there. We want to avoid, uh, this is a direct quote, the risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit we see. And they say to hide this information public. So investigative reporting is always about making public what people want to keep secret. So my question is why are these pharmaceutical executives in their emails trying so hard to keep this information secret? And this outraged the whistleblower so much that this woman went public Yesterday night with Project Veritas on the record, she's currently employed by Pfizer. Probably the first time anyone has ever done this, sort of exposed the pharmaceutical industry. Everyone says I should be worried about this, but uh, this whistleblower has informed me that a lot of people at Pfizer agree with her. And we're looking forward to more Pfizer employees coming out. Now, here's the interesting thing. We have this. Uh, I, I pulled this up earlier in the day on a different segment. Children's Hospital Philadelphia that says vaccine ingredients, fetal cells. And all of these, there's a whole bunch of articles that are like certified fact checks say, no, 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 no. There's no fetal cells in the vaccines. Don't worry about it. Right. No, the issue is they use them in manufacturing mm-hmm. or the testing of the vaccine. So you're not getting injected with it. But right. in order to make them, yep. to do the tests, they are using them. Now, there's a couple of really interesting things as, as it relates to your story. The first thing is this website from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia mentions that the Janssen vaccine, the J&J vaccine, does use uh, uh, viruses grown in fetal cells. But that's the only one. It doesn't mention Pfizer. So mm-hmm. I don't think we had any confirmation that Pfizer was actually using we, fetal cells. We do have states, and I'm reading from a st- Cal- the state of California, says, quote, Pfizer does not require the use of any fetal cells in order to manufacture, produce the vaccine. So this would be a direct contradiction what the executives – yep, go ahead. Well, in the manufacture of. This, this, this was in the lab tests. Laboratory tests, yes. So that, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like you know one of the things I mentioned to people earlier in the day was – we're going to end up seeing a congressional hearing where you're going to get some Republican going like, what's this Project Veritas report I hear where you're using fetal cell tissues in the production of this vaccine? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, we do not use any fetal cells in any capacity manufacturing this vaccine. It is fake news. They're online conspiracies. 
oh, we did do tests using them to, right. ma- to get to the point where we could make the vaccine. Laboratory the tests. Right. So what you're saying is they're going to sort of do a non sequitur and say, well, we don't use it to put it in the va- vaccine that goes in your body. But two things can be true. They can use it in laboratory tests and also not use it in the in the uh, production. And, and they'll and they'll twist it. So right. I imagine this: you'll get some you'll, a Rand Paul or whatever being like, "We have a report from Veritas that laboratory tests in the production of the vaccine." And they'll change the subject. Exactly. Right. They'll change the subject and say, "We do not manufacture the vaccine with fetal cells." That's not true. And then when the Republican, if, if any of the Republicans actually do question this, will either miss the, the manipulation or not have enough time to follow up, and that's the political game they'll play. So right. I do think it's particularly fascinating, but I. We'll add to on top of all of that, just from this article from chop.edu, when they mention why they use fetal cells, this is what that really got me. They said it's because fetal cells can typically divide more times than any other cells. They say uh, in fetal cells, it is around 50 divisions they can make. Other cells can only div- can divide substantially less because they're older cells. Right. So it sounds to me like it would just be an inconvenience to use cells that aren't from aborted fetal tissue, but they're making a cost-effective decision that it's cheaper and more effective. Right. And and uh, this is another quote from the email here from Vanessa Gelman, Senior Director of Worldwide Research. These are not low-level employees, Tim. Sometimes we get criticized for going after mid-level. No, these are, these are high-level people here. Uh, Vanessa Gilman saying, quote, General members of the public who may take this information and use it in ways we may not want it out there. Avoid raising this as possible. What's interesting about these Pfizer emails is they also talk about Facebook. They say we don't want this information on Facebook, uh, which is deeply ironic given all the censorship occurring about our videos are being taken off Facebook. So these executives are, are so concerned about people knowing this information that the cells are used in the development of the vaccine. Man, it just makes me feel like um, our, 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 these massive multinational corporations, elements in the government, big tech, they know the re- that the masses, that the populace opposes this stuff. They know they have reason to fear if people hear about yes. this, they'll object to it. They know what they're doing violates the morals and ethics of regular people. And so they're like, just don't let them know about it. Yep, just hide it from them. And, and uh, But the good news, the silver lining in all this, in this dystopian reality is that uh, – I find that, uh, you know, when I met with you a year ago, we talked about this vision to manifest, you know, hundreds of whistleblowers. These days, they're all, I mean, I'm talking tens of mm. thousands of people have messaged me in the last few weeks. So it's all happening. It, it's happening um, because there's no place else for them to go. And, and it's getting worse and worse, that, that divergence between reality and what's presented on CNN. It's just that that's getting wider of a gap. Seeing the people chanting, let's go, Brandon, all over the place. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I know it's a funny thing, but these are regular people at a Jets game, at a football game. Well, just take a look at <laughs> what is it, the uh, the Fauci documentary that's coming out on Disney, right? I mean, and, and you see the trailer for it on YouTube, and it's got, I don't know, 7,000 thumbs up, and it's got 75,000 yeah. disapproval thumbs down. Like, that's a really good moment for people in America who are like, yeah, you know what, maybe we should be talking about mandates versus, you know, absolutely the government not having this power. Yeah, I think we have to be careful. We talked about this the other day about getting wrapped up into, like, discussions about exemptions because we should be just saying no mandates, period. Yep. Because I think I think the, the uh, any argument that says there are some mandates that are some okay some of the times as long as we have exemptions results in a social credit system. But, you know— 
Well, in my opinion, the vaccine passport um, is not going to lead to a social credit score because it already is a social credit score. It's already the score of compliance that people have to jump through. They know that there's going to be a third one. They know that's going to be a fourth one. And there's not even a conversation when this is going to end. Usually with the lockdown, usually with a policy that's very intrusive in our lives, the government comes out and says, we're going to end this after this many people uh, you know, die from COVID, after these many cases. We don't have any of that. We don't have any conversation to when this will end, when this will stop, and it's not going to stop. It's, it's ever. the new Afghanistan. Yeah, mm. that's the thing is, there's no mission. There's never been a mission over there. That, I mean, what we've been talking about with the Afghan papers for what twenty years, right? Oh yeah, no mission. We're still sending guys outside the wire. It's a never-ending mission, and this is the same thing. It's like there is no end in sight, ever. I, I think the, the 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 big issue here is uh, with with James's story. You've got a lot of people who have filed for religious exemptions, yeah. and they've been denied. Now, first and foremost, like I said, we'll be careful. I, I want to make sure we're very clear. We should be saying outright, yeah. no vaccine mandates, period. Regardless, we shouldn't be demanding papers. It's between the person and their doctor. If you want to go and, and seek medical help, it's between you and your doctor, not us here on the Internet or your business or the government. Now you have uh, you know, government officials and businesses with no, with no regard for your private health matters. And on top of that, imagine you're in New York City where they mandate this. And you've got some embarrassing medical condition. And now you've got to go around every business exposing this embarrassing condition. That should be private matter for you to live your life with dignity. That's another reason why I'm just like, they're demanding IDs at the door. That being said, this is, I think, a lawsuit winner for people who have religious, who, who want to assert religious exemptions. Yeah. yeah. And they, there's no religious exemptions at Pfizer for, mm-hmm. for this, what this insider came forward regarding. So I think it's a game changer for society. It's just, we live in this dystopian reality where th- these facts are just not even accepted. I mean, things have changed so quickly, even since I last saw you. I mean, uh, in, in, in a just world, this would be on the front page of the New York Times and on yeah. 60 Minutes. These are executive emails at Pfizer. Yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know what? I'm pretty sure everyone else was pissed off equally as much by the same thing when you see the fake whistleblower from Facebook and not a single whistleblower that Veritas has come out with is, is going to be propped up on 60 Minutes and given this airtime. Right. That was uh, the Morgan Common at Facebook uh, blew the whistle on the vaccine hesitancy scores, and he responded to uh, Blumenthal from Connecticut saying there should be more people inside tech. But the whistleblower inside Facebook, the supposed whistleblower, wanted more censorship. Yeah. <laughs> she was yeah. I mean, not even that. I mean, look at Assange. Look at Snowden. I mean, these people are still in exile. Assange is in jail. His accuser who lied about the, the main witness that the government had against him was caught lying. He was just arrested in Iceland just moments ago, and Assange is still in jail. How does that make sense? It doesn't. Well, Power. Yeah. Yeah, those are the real whistleblowers, and then there's whistleblowers that work towards the agenda and the narrative that, of course, they keep and they prom- they make prominent uh, number one news articles on CNN that they promote nonstop. Uh, and I really wanted to talk to you, James, specifically because I know you've got deleted a whole bunch of places. I try to share your video on Twitter today, yeah, and it, and it said you're spreading disinformation. And I'm like, right. wait, what? I clicked on the link and it gave me some uh, rambling, jumbling nonsense that mm-hmm. de- didn't even address the claims you were making, right? <laughs> but but you couldn't like it. 
You couldn't comment? Right. You couldn't do anything about it. So how has it been using alternatives? How have your numbers, uh, have your numbers dwindled? Have your numbers got higher? Mm-hmm. How's the fight with online censorship? Because they're going after you pretty hard. Well, uh, and Eric's in the room with me. I mean, we, we've gotten the most watched views ever. Hmm. And I'm, 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 we've trended on Twitter. Think of, think of this. Think of it. I've trended on Twitter and Veritas has trended on Twitter for each and every story we've broke and I'm banned from Twitter and I'm suing Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't make that shit up. Um, The reason why is because of distribution by proxy. So it doesn't matter like if I get banned and he gets banned and the third guy will upload the video and I I text message a click to tweet link like I, I sent to you. And and you can click on it, and it'll embed the video, populate. Now, they'll try to censor it and do things, but um, for the most part, they haven't taken me down. I have actually uh, sent a letter to Mark Zuckerberg this week saying, please do ban me. I want you to ban me. Um, cut my tongue out of my mouth on the eve of the release of the whistleblower, and it'll only make people want to tune in to see what they have to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm leaning into the censorship. I'm willing to lose everything, and I think you have to be, but... Every video that we've done, Eric uh, is in the room. He's he's the guy who who does social media with Veritas. Um, every video we've done has gotten millions of views on YouTube and on Twitter over the last few releases. So um, I'm I'm hopeful as long as the content is strong enough and true. Now I'm not opining on the vaccine. I, I'm not even going to tell you my opinion about it. I'm just showing facts. And because I've sued the New York Times and sued Twitter and sued CNN. There's a part of me that feels these companies are actually afraid of me uh, by violating their own rules, by by crossing some Rubicon they haven't yet crossed. So, so far, yes, they'll add the little tags and advertisements under the video, but they haven't taken us down. Yeah, I remember it was very difficult to share your video, and I was just wondering, you know, what's going to happen from here. But seeing all the alternatives, seeing a lot of different platforms jump up, seeing all the individual people kind of rise up, seeing the 75,000 dislikes on the Dr. Fauci documentary, <laughs> seeing the chance everywhere. I mean, how can you not have hope? And, and, and when the reality gets so skewed on the mainstream yeah. media by the government, by the, by the corporations where literally Joe Biden was claiming that the unvaccinated are the ones putting the economy at risk today. Mm-hmm. That was literally what he was saying. Well, Some, there, something interesting yeah. happened to me. Uh, a lot of people were posting that when they tried to put the link up to yep. the story, they were getting warnings on Facebook. Yep. Have yeah. you seen that? Yes. We've all, I've seen, I, I wish I had these messages in front of me. I've seen all types of weird, in fact, Eric, one of the, it seems like they were actually manufacturing custom messages just for me. Oh. <laughs> it's like, a, there was a, <laughs> so nice. and you used to be able to ratio people on Twitter, right? So, right. so I, we have, you know, 600,000 people on Telegram. So if I just post a URL of, of the guy on Twitter, like making some boneheaded comment, they get ratioed. Twitter disabled people from doing that now you can't ratio people so they're they're customizing the interface so that you you are not allowed they're trying to hide it did you you know that uh there is a website tracking likes and dislikes on joe biden's videos showing that they erase dislikes yeah but but here's what i was gonna say so whenever i hear that there's censorship on facebook i immediately i'm like all right try me and i don't know i've had no problem posting the the stories on facebook they've not been deleted and i've given given no warnings Facebook is oh, really screwed here, up. Here, here's one. Russell Brandon, blue check mark. Um, Project Veritas is taking the exciting leap from mostly harmless bullshit to bullshit that will actively cause people to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so, so I, I sent this URL to 500,000 people, but if you go to his Twitter page, you can't comment on him unless Russell Brandon is mentioned. So they're taking steps to eliminate this, but um, again, 
it wasn't my claim. I'm quoting Pfizer executives. You understand the distinction? Like, I'm not opining about what I think about about the virus or it's about emails no, no. in writing. I'm yeah. quoting their vice president yeah. saying we must lie to the people, we must deceive the people. This is this is a. The, the law of non-contradiction. You shouldn't lie to people. It, whether you're left, right, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't. You, you shouldn't lie. Well, I, I, was right? actually, I was actually just talking to Sean Spicer on Newsmax about uh, they edited Joe Biden's comments because he made the snide comment where, like, you know, when cinema gets harassed, doesn't happen to people with Secret Service. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 so he's saying mm. NBC reports this comment, but they cut out that part. So you don't get the full context. It's deceptively edited. My immediate reaction was like, oh, I love it. They deceptively edit their videos. And then they can write all day about how James O'Keefe is doing that when he's showing you people literally say things in a conversation. Oh, I have one quick story, Luke, about something you said about censorship. So, so one of the things they do, which I know you're familiar with, is they use these fact checkers, you know, mm-hmm. like fact check or experts say story has been debunked. I love that one. Experts say it's like, imagine if you're someone who walks on in, in on you, cheating on your wife. You say, "I'm sorry, honey." Experts say this has been debunked. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, the the USA Today, uh, what they do is they they work with Facebook to do a fact check, right? So that they can put out a, a piece that's used to justify to get your thing banned on Facebook. So Facebook can say, "Well, experts say USA Today." So USA Today called me, Tim, after the first. Video, the, 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 the HHS whistleblower on our series two weeks ago. And I said, Oh, here we go again. USA Today is setting this up. So I don't know what to do because no matter what I say, it doesn't matter. They've already written their article. They're just asking right. me for comment. To, uh, so what I did is I called USA Today and I recorded myself leaving a voicemail for USA Today. And then I distributed my comment to USA Today to everyone, preempting them saying, if you don't publish my comment, I will sue you. USA Today did not put out the article. Whoa. And then Facebook didn't take the article down. So I think the way to preempt communists, the way to, because we're dealing with, just, let's just call it what it is, communism. <laughs> the way to preempt communists is to publicly announce what they're going to do. Record yourself giving the comment. Here, world, I'm, I'm giving my comment to USA Today. Here is my comment. If you don't publish this, I'm going to sue you. And they know I'm not bluffing. So, so USA Today didn't publish that article and Facebook didn't take us down. It's 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 what we mentioned before about um you know in, in a previous segment we were just talking about uh, Congress questioning someone from you know Pfizer about yeah. fetal tissues. The fact checkers do the same game. They someone will make an assertion and then the fact checkers will take a similar but different claim to make it sound like they're debunking the claim. So next thing you know, we're going to see Snopes saying our fetal you know the claim a Project right. Veritas story releases a bombshell. People are now saying see non sequitur. Yes, yes, non sequitur. Logical non sequitur. It's 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 a it's not. It's not so much that they're lying. It's that they're, it's the logical non sequitur. It's the fallacious logic. They change the subject and then, and then there's this game of telephone. And before you know it, O'Keefe made a claim that I did not make that claim. That's brilliant. That's the funniest thing about, I think, almost all of the work you do is when you put these videos out, you're not saying, I believe in this policy and that policy and I voted for Bush. Like none of those things happen. Right. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll make the, they'll, they'll, it's a straw man argument. Effectively, it's what it is. Straw man. Can you, can you guys just sue Wikipedia already? Uh, we're working on it. Uh, we're gonna sue the users on Wikipedia. And since I last saw you, as you know, we defeated the New York Times motion to dismiss. The New York Times appealed that, tried to issue an emergency stay so that we couldn't depose them. We defeated their emergency stay. So we're, we're, we're getting pretty far in our lawsuit. Obviously, the wheels of justice turn slowly. But um, I think it has deterred them, Tim, from, from lying. 
How you, you you launched that thing recently, the the, the defense fund, I think. Uh, or? Yes, Project Veritas Legal Organization, which is under our five one c three. It was your idea, actually, the People's Defamation Defense Fund. We just named it Project Veritas Legal. Nice. So you stole my idea and renamed it. How's it? Yeah. Well, 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 technically, it was my idea, but don't worry about that. <laughs> it's your, totally it your idea. It's, it's totally fine. Idea. Yeah. Uh, it, either way, it's it's amazing that that's happening. We need more of that. And I would say what you're doing is 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 not even controversial. It's just journalism. It's what journalism used to be. A lot of journalism of what we we see right now is literally regurgitating what the power structure says and then saying now do this you don't yes. even tell people what to do uh, i mean you have your own personal opinions you, you you have your own biases everyone has their own biases but there's a big distinction between what we're seeing in the mainstream media and what we're seeing with alternative media what we're seeing with you and i think we need more of that more than ever um and then I, i'm just trying to think of other ways maybe we could help facilitate that or or get many, involved in well, that i think journalism is is reluctant to get into an exposed position where they're seeing as affecting events and rather than just reporting to them and Traditionally, there was always this adversarial nature to journalism, but these days, like you say, they only print the established line. They only are allowed to publish what they're told on the record. In fact, quote-unquote journalists wait to see what the corporation has to say, and only when they've given, given, been given permission to, to report the thing do they report the thing. Yeah. It's become so much worse even in the last couple of years. They don't publish anything that's not the established public lines. CNN's health advisor just came out today and said Los Angeles has just invoked some of the strictest vaccine policies in the United States. Excellent. This needs to spread <laughs> everywhere. That's not journalism. That's uh, that's it's CNN hiring a, a lunatic, yes. sociopathic, crazy person that wants to enforce their will onto you. Journalism is about letting people hear the story, letting them decide themselves, letting them see the evidence, and then just leaving it there for the viewer to decide what is right for them. Informed consent, something that, again, needs to come back more than ever. And, and I, I would say we don't have any of it. I don't think – I think these people are so fundamentally – unaligned even on the first amendment these days and and there's this great uh, uh reporter named david shaw who wrote i'm a great believer in the reporter as an observer first-hand observation is the ult ultimate documentation almost every big story that we do we often have to impersonate someone in order to have the first-hand observation of the thing happening that's what investigative journalism does you use whistleblowers, you go undercover, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the perversion. The perversion I've seen is that they won't say anything unless the corporation or government official tells them you're allowed to say this. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We, we've had uh, several segments talking about the reporting you've done and Wikipedia. Yeah. So when I pull up the Wikipedia, oh, it's horrible. For Project oh, Veritas, oh, it's beyond. It's but beyond. This, it's, it, it, it's, in, it's insane. It's. Uh, but I'm going to read some because it's important. They say Project Veritas is an American far right activist far right. group founded by James O'Keefe. Oh. The group produces deceptively edited videos of its undercover operations, which use secret recordings in an effort to discredit mainstream media organizations and progressive groups. Project Veritas also uses entrapment to generate bad publicity for its targets and has propagated disinformation and conspiracy theories in its videos and operations. Now, there's a couple of things I want to say. All of the citations on this are opinion pieces. Yes. Yes. Wikipedia is an encyclopedia, it says. Hmm. Yet this whole article has taken random opinions. And it was funny because I was looking at the talk section of Wikipedia where the editors talk and someone said, why are we using all of these op eds? It's not, it's not. (laughs) And what was the response to that guy? Oh, they get shut down in two seconds. But you want to know, this this is why I just said to you, I want you to sue Wikipedia. Because there's something very important right above that, that, that paragraph I just read. Yeah. It says from Wikipedia. Oh. It doesn't say from user catlover42. <laughs> it doesn't say from Johnny B. Good 900. It doesn't say from We Are Change. It says from Wikipedia right here. They, they banned me on Wikipedia, so I'm oh, not on okay, there. That's fair. It says, <laughs> they said, they, they said from Wikipedia. What do you mean from Wikipedia? They, they, the, 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 it, it says at the top of the site, oh. Project Veritas. From Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, Project Veritas is, if they're asserting the statements have come from themselves. That's a good point. It doesn't matter. So I'll put it this way. We we launched TimCast.com. We got a bunch of users. It's going really well. We have journalists. Could I take random comments from users, quote block the text, and then put it in an article that says from TimCast or from Tim Pool, and then assert, oh, it's user-generated content. We're 230 protected. No, I've put my byline on it. Wikipedia has asserted this is their statements from them. Yes. Now, if they can, they can remove that. But I think as, as long as that exists and they have asserted this on this page about Veritas, nowhere does it say the statements came from any journalists, any writers, any pundits, opinion people or users. It only says from Wikipedia. I, I think that's a great fact. I will talk to my lawyers about that, but I, w- I do intend to sue Wikipedia in some way, matter, shape or form. And I will do that, whether it's the users, the website, we'll do it. But it's very important your audience understand this. I know you do. You said they're all citing opinion pieces. And and that in the New York Times lawsuit, Tim, the New York State Supreme Court judge actually said how deceptive it was for the New York Times reporter to mask uh, a, a first sentence of the article and defended it saying, that's my opinion. And that was deceptive. And that was disinformation. The judge actually said it was disinformation for the New York Times to call it an opinion when it was used to justify all types of other things. But they use supposition. They use circular sources. This is the way the propaganda works. I admire these writers on Wikipedia and the New York Times. You have to be an artist to, to paint reality in the way that they do. It's, it's any, any time I aim a camera in any direction, it will contradict what you see on that page. And that's why people are so pissed off. That's Absolutely. why the whistleblowers are coming out because, listen – People are willing to give up their livelihoods right now. Yep. I've spent my whole life effectively doing this since I was in college for you know, 15, 16 years. 
And you might have one or two people a year that say, okay, I'll do it. Right now, 10,000 people are willing to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the silver lining. People are waking up. And sometimes maybe it has to be darkest before the, you know, the light. You know, when I was looking at the, uh, the, the Pfizer scientists video you did, it, it, some of them seemed like you had that one guy, I think his name was Nick Carl, right? Yep. And he seemed like he, he, he was reveling in it. Yeah, mandate it, do it. But yeah. one of those guys, I think the guy's name was Chris or whatever, yeah. seemed kind of like, uh, I know what's going on is bad. Yeah. You know, I'm not a fan of this. But they're not willing to. Nobody well. wants to, nobody wants to stick their neck out. Yeah. Nobody wants to take the responsibility of what it means that they're a snowflake contributing to this avalanche. Yeah, we talked about this last time. It's a, it takes a lot of courage to, to stick your neck out. But in the 20th century, people didn't really have as many options. And, and these days, they, they, you know, you can put a go, you know, give, go, not GoFundMe because they banned us on GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> give, send, give, send, go, go raise yes. half a million dollars for whistleblower. Half a million dollars for whistleblower now at Project Veritas. I'd, I'd say, I think, what, like 10 years ago, that was that was near retirement funds, but now with inflation oh, through geez. the roof, oh, you're lucky to buy a cheese. And, and one more comment I want to make about how journalism has changed. I'm seeing this uh, a, a new phenomenon occur. The mainstream media will now not reveal newsworthy information due to the, quote, harm the information might inflict on the subject exposed. Remember the communist teacher thing we did a month ago, Gabrielle Guype in California? Yeah. With the com- the, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Hammer yeah. and sickle? Yeah. <laughs> this guy was saying, we, you know, talking about child abuse and we need to scare, scare the F out of kids. And a lot of the people in Sacramento had to report on this because he was fired. So they had to report the news. But one of the refrains was, they're not going to mention the name of the teacher. Listen to this, quote, teacher whose name we are not disclosing due to potential harm against him. Wow. So this is a new phenomenon in journalism. We're not going to reveal newsworthy information because the person might be harmed. Same thing with the FBI. Right. Or, you know, these, these parents might get, might do harm to the teachers. Well, well, well actually, this is fascinating. One of the core journalistic ethics is minimize harm. Right. But they only are now applying it. You take a look at CNN when they were like, here's the name of the man who posted the Nancy Pelosi video. Here's where he works. Mm-hmm. Right. Maximizing harm against those who speak out against their political ideology. In this instance, we're not going to reveal who this person is. I'll give you a really, really good example of how this is, is, is manipulative in the mainstream press. Andy No, he goes out and he reports on Antifa violence and extremism. He, he goes on Twitter and he posts photos of the people arrested at these extremist events. The left says he's making kill lists. He's secretly working with the far right. And then their allies in media regurgitate the lies. Ryan Riley of the Huffington Post has been doing literally the exact same thing about the January 6th defendants. Mm-hmm. They cheer him on as an intrepid and amazing journalist doing the good, good work of exposing the extremists. As far as I'm concerned, both of them are doing journalism by saying, here's the guy who was charged. Here's why he was charged. I'm fine with either. But you can see how the political ideologies and you can see how the mainstream media is willing to support one and oppose the other. It's the murder cult. You can't attack the murder cult. And that's the thing is like you look at everyday regular people and their businesses, their homes, their property, their livelihoods. The government doesn't care about that. Oh, they've been decimated. But if you go after those guys on the shiny white Capitol Hill, you invade their space. And let's face it, like those guys, they've got more ammunition and and firepower in their trucks that they left behind and they didn't bring in there and like the like the fbi said there was no there was no plan there's been a bunch of raucous people who rioted it was bad like we all yeah okay it was bad it's not cool yeah i mean but that you know you you have now stories that uh, um they don't track 
the leftist violence in the same way they do the right. You have the hearings about how the right is substantially worse. This is the fascinating thing. I'm kind of, I want to loop this back to how they, they, they frame, uh, Veritas on Wikipedia, a far right. What does that even mean when they call you far right? That's, I, I, beside myself. Like I said, in the beginning of my, (laughs) in the beginning of my, I guess career, I used to fret and have sort of PTSD over the Wikipedia page. I've, I've come to accept it. The moment you stop giving a shit about what they think of you and stop seeking their approval is the moment when you become truly free. I've learned this in my life. It's just I have to accept the unacceptable. Uh, to be labeled far right, I, I literally don't express my opinion in any – I've never expressed my opinion in any of the investigations I've ever done. And all they do on television is express their opinion. I don't see anything but them mm-hmm. express their opinion. It's it's Orwell's, uh, you know, 1984 double thing. Yeah. There. Well, at least you haven't been unpersoned. Uh, on Wikipedia, they, they literally unpersoned Why me. Why did they do that? Because I was exposing the Russian hoax right when it was uh, the most prominent in the mainstream media. They were saying there's clear Russian collusion. Russia hacked the election. They helped Donald Trump win. And I'm like... No, 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 that didn't happen. Where's the evidence? We don't see any evidence. I don't believe in this story. And because of that, Wikipedia, there was some editor that wrote, well, even though they do newsworthy stuff, like get on Epstein's island or talk to this politician or talk to this whistleblower, we're going to refrain from even naming them in any future Wikipedia entries. Uh, and I was like, wait, what? I was like, who's this random user? I forgot the user's name, but just completely unpersoned me from Wikipedia. I don't even uh, exist on that platform the last time I looked. So there's many different ways that they try to go after you a lot of times they try to silence you a lot of times they attack you and i think they have to use both because they know if they just attack they sometimes make uh people grow as well right they don't so. want to mention like voldemort right mm-hmm. mario they, don't, they can't mention us by name or you know so uh i i mean far right i i don't and of course there's probably like how many uh citations footnotes <laughs> one two three four five six seven eight nine there's like all these opinion pieces they're citing after that word <laughs> Wikipedia. So. I, I, yeah, have you seen the uh, Larry Sanger? We had him on the show once. He was one of the he's one of mm-hmm. the co-founders of Wikipedia, and he said it's just leftist propaganda at this point. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I used to donate to Wikipedia. I was such a big fan. This idea of the community coming together and being like, let's get some good, reliable sources. But I'll tell you this: even uh, it's fascinating to me when I look at Media Matters, for instance. Media Matters is literally an activist organization. I mean, I'm not exaggerating or trying to insult them. They're an organization that scours right wing content or whatever you want to call it and then disparages them they've made they've made up things on numerous occasions and newsguard which is i believe funded by microsoft is uh their their green green check mark all good all good speaking of media matters this is a media matters headline last week youtube is taking a victory lap for its latest vaccine misinformation policy meanwhile project veritas is gaining millions of views on youtube for quoting people uh so so media matters is doing the, the yeoman's work of trying to get us banned for doing investigative reporting. I, I think you should sue NewsGuard. NewsGuard? Yeah. So we use NewsGuard specifically because I consider it a check on our bias. Mm-hmm. These are, so NewsGuard is a fact check, it's a, it's a rating agency. They, they have a 10 point system, uh, a 100 point system, and Veritas has a 57 out of 100 in their scoring system. They say the website fails to adhere to se- several basic journalistic standards. Which are those? They say you do not gather and present information responsibly. You do mm. not handle the difference between news and opinion responsibly. Really? You don't disclose owner ownership yeah. and financing, and you don't provide the names of your creators along with either contact or biographical How, how do they rate the, the, the big, the kettle the big black propagandas, there? right? <laughs> that, that's what I would say. How, you, know, how, you know what's funny? I've never lost a lawsuit. 
Project Veritas <laughs> has won every single lawsuit. Yep. And I will give $10,000 to any human being who can name one deceptive edit in the last decade of my life. No one can do it. But they just keep saying, I, I doctor tapes. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, it's become so cliche to say 1984. It, it doesn't even mean anything anymore, but it's like the double think, you know, to tell deliberate lies while genuinely believing them, to forget any fact that becomes inconvenient and to draw it back from oblivion when it becomes necessary to do so, to deny the existence of objective reality. It is what they do. And I, I keep saying this. It's just pissing everyone off such that there's going to be an uprising. Here, here, here's how it works. Luke and I are sitting here. I report, uh, there is a quartz, rose quartz crystal ball here on the table. Right. Luke then reports, you know, Tim Pool is lying. It's actually a fluorite crystal ball. <clears throat> what happens then is you as the fact checker can say either one of us is the liar, depending on which idea you want to support. So when I'm looking at the news guard for, Ver- for Veritas, you, they, they mentioned that you featured a postal worker named Richard Hopkins. Right. Now, you actually did a story where he made claims, where he said things. That's right. And you reported those things. That's right. The mainstream media then called you a liar. They've decided the mainstream media's claims are more valid than yours, thus you're not telling the truth, when they're literally trying to decide between two people who've made a statement. They well, have to- I, I, just to say a word about that, that postal worker, Richard Hopkins, the Washington Post, um, uh, Richard Hopkins was interrogated by uh, federal agents. And Richard Hopkins, we had a recording of his interrogation. We published the recording. And then somehow the Washington Post was leaked statements by the federal agents. Well, there's only two federal agents in the room, and I know they're both of their names. And the, and the federal agents made claims that contradicted the recording. And the Washington Post reports anonymously sourced the people in the room. So they say – and then CNN said, well, credible sources say. And I said, well, I have the damn recording. I have the recording. Rock, rock beat scissors. <laughs> I have the recording. Well, but then the, and Jacob Bagage of the, uh, of CNN, literally you could see the condescending smugness in his face when he goes on Anderson Cooper and says, credible sources like the Washington. Well, I have a recording of what transpired. So they're credible by virtue of their own decree that they are indeed credible. And it's so, a self-anointed and, racket. And they and don't so care. This, this, need, this needs to go in front of a judge is what I'm saying. When NewsGuard now says you are not credible because the Washington Post has, has, has with, with anonymous sources challenged your actual recordings, it needs to get it to a judge where the judge can determine is this, is, is this defamation or is this, is this libel? It's written. We in day, I, I was just, uh, emailing my colleague this and we did indeed send a demand for a correction to um newsguard to peggy ackerman senior editor at newsguard and we're in process of that and and tim i have to sue a lot of people i know (laughs) i've been suing (laughs) i mean i'm suing twitter cnn new york times and we're winning you know all the lawsuits it's just like i i think that luke your idea people's defamation defense fund Mm -hmm. there needs to be a hundred people suing the new york times for defamation we got to find the right plaintiffs the right set of facts to get past motion to dismiss which is a very difficult burden to get past uh tim but uh i I agree with you and i i I will sue newsguard if they don't um if they don't uh correct we are entering a new era of dystopian bs check out the story we got from axios google and youtube will prohibit ads on monetization and monetization on climate denial content look i i i we've we've talked about this with chris martinson i think you know uh, at least i genuinely believe we've got very serious environmental crises on this planet climate change uh, dead zones fishery collapse pacific garbage gyre all that stuff but man, is it a messed up world when they're coming out right telling you that 
There is no more. The internet, it's no more. You are a pleb. You are never supposed to be given the ability to speak through the megaphone, and they're going to be taking that away regardless of whether you're right or wrong. Now, it's also important to note here, are, are they stopping people from climate change denier or stopping people who are calling out a lot of the hypocrisies in the climate change movement? Because there's a lot of hypocrisies. See, it, it's very vague, generalized language that gets bastardized and abused so much because, again, the, the rules aren't really that clear on, on YouTube. We, we don't know the exact parameters. We don't know the exact words. Sometimes you say the magic special words, your videos get taken down without even an explanation. Sometimes my videos just get taken down, just like yours, Tim, uh, without even an notice without even a notification so so with stuff like that happening seeing the spectrum just being brought into like now it's this and now it's this and now it's that like where do you end where do you even start we don't i mean if you're going to give guidelines give clear guidelines Let, let's give let's give let's give clear protocols if you deny this specific uh, assessment or argument. I mean, that in itself is anti-scientific. You should be able to argue. You should be able to have a conversation. And if you can't question the science, it's not science, it's propaganda. Uh, and I think people need to realize that more than ever. They can't control people that way. And that's the problem is this, th this isn't meant for debate. This isn't meant for us to sit here and have a reasonable conversation. This is meant to silence people and control people. That's, this is the state. This has always been the state. Centralization is, if we can control the narrative, we can control what is said, and we can control the people. And at the end of the day, that's what the state does. It centralizes power, and it controls people. I think they've lost control. I think the heavy-handedness we're seeing of the federal government, the desperate maneuvers they're making, yeah. is just a sign that they're they're desperately trying to assert they have control, but more and more just expose the emperor's not wearing any clothes. Do you think this is br like mostly brought on by the invention of blockchain and, and, and mutable content and social media? Not, I think the internet in general. It was a, it was a ticking time bomb that you know they used to control the flow of information perfectly. You had a handful of channels where information could come from. If you were a journalist with a big story, they'd look at you and say, "Nah, we're not interested." Now you have the ability to go online and, like James with Telegram, put out a message where people can just click the link and then it goes up on other social media platforms. Yeah, I think we're building our own audience, Veritas, for the first time. I mean, that's that's what strikes me. Is, uh, I think this is an age where the loss of one's Twitter, Twitter account is treated like the loss of one's life. But there's no – I'm not getting any coverage on these stories, but uh, everyone's coming to Veritas to be informed. That's a new right. phenomenon. So in the past, my – model was to try to get local news outlets to, to cover these stories. But the pharmaceutical industry, you kidding me? There's mm -hmm. actually one local TV station in Kansas that may cover it only because that's where the plant, where the woman works, and they have to. But um, I think there's this phenomenon where our audience aren't necessarily Fox News viewers, Tim. Neither are yours. Um, they're just a new audience. We're, we're informing yeah. people one by one. And then another thing I, I get is, well, nothing's going to change. Nothing ever happens to these people, like a cynicism. And I've said this to um, a couple people. I said, well, listen, you got to start somewhere. You change one life. You can change the whole world. You can convince a few people. You can make a big difference. But I think the phenomenon with Project Veritas is that we're building this new audience of people who are being informed because it's incontrovertible videotaped evidence. Yeah. It's not my opinion. It's incontrovertible. While the machine is very clearly clamping down on what is acceptable language, they are clearly violating the good spirit of Section 230. Mm -hmm. they're, they're setting forth editorial guidelines. That's what it is. When they tell you your opinion is not allowed to be spoken, they're saying here are the editorial guidelines of this platform. 
Well, it's even questions. And I mean, that's what it gets down to is you can you, you may not make statements. You may just be asking questions like, Hey, what about solar? You know, solar in, in space weather. Do we ever talk about the, the solar energy that's coming out of the sun in terms of its fluctuations? We never talk about that. Do we have an answer for what the ideal temperature of Earth is? Nobody can answer that. It, it's been decades and decades and decades since I was a kid. I mean, I remember them talking about a, a coming ice age in the 80s and thinking, oh, my God, you know, I was terrified. And that was the thing. It was like, it was like live in fear, live in fear, live in fear, no matter what it was. And listen, I, as a conservationist, listen, I know very well that when we look at the, the earth, we should be living in more of a balance. But this cry look, for like the, the, the balance in the ecosystem and this, I don't know, this, this idea that we can not say some things about, you know, climate change. Well, this cry comes from a lot of people who live in cities, which have, absolutely destroy the natural environment take i i think back to you know 20 or so years ago where where was the right they absolutely denied climate change right now they typically accept climate change but say you know we don't they don't believe it's man-made or their arguments about the solutions posed by the left are wrong one by one at a time the arguments from the right veer leftward as time goes on there's no there's no uh the, the republican party isn't actually making demands of the legislature, repealing things, for instance. I've had conservatives say to me, well, look, we're not going to do what the left does and force the government to do things. No, 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 no. Repeal laws. Repeal the NFA. How about that one? No, Why? they don't do that either. Why not? I don't know, because they're, uh, they're the uniparty and the Republicans. Controlled opposition. Yeah, yeah. Mitch McConnell goes, I'm going to hold off the Democrats for about two weeks and then agree with them. That's what, right. that's, and that's what happens. He says, I'm fighting with the Democrats. And then two weeks later, he goes, okay, we've come to an agreement. And people keep voting for the guy. Yeah, they just wait for the next major news story, ramp it up to 10, and then leave it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I believe and genuinely feel a lot of the people in the Republican Party have Stockholm Syndrome and secretly want to be liked by the by, yes. the, by the people that they're supposedly against. Like, yep. if, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they want their book reviewed by the New York Times. <laughs> they want to play on their turf. They secretly wish they were at that Met Gala with AOC. They want to be there. They wish they were part of that crowd. I, I really do. I think that's Absolutely. the problem. They, they want to be liked. They care more about the opinion of the New York Times than their own constituents. Yes, yes. Oh, and the moment sure. you stop caring is when you can actually have the will to win and be effective. But that's a psychological issue, a hurdle for people who are not part of the so-called mainstream power structure. It's hard, even for me. I mean, I've, I, I've, you know, gotten my desire for approval down to a microscopic, <laughs> you know, bead. But, but you, it's, get mo- you get more approval because of you'd it. have to be a sociopath to want to be hated by everybody. But if you want to do the things that you're proposing. You're going to be hated by 
a lot of people who have the power to make you liked. And I and I have to be prepared to lose. I mean, I I just passed a million followers on Instagram this week. Um, and I mean, on YouTube, we're, we we went from one million to one point two five million subs in like no time. And I see wow. your gold plaque. We have, they have not sent me one of those gold plaques yet. I, I, know, I, know, I never got mine. It's sitting, sitting in bubble wrap. And then, and then, man, don't send that out to Veritas. Well, hold on, hold on. Here's what I'll do. So when you get those awards, those gold and silver awards, yeah. they allow you to do a team purchase. So if multiple people oh. work on your team, you can order a custom award with any name on it okay. from the company. <laughs> so I think I think I think good good old team members Project Veritas and We Are Change are going to be getting you know their 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 awards. I just think it's funny that we have 1.3 mil subs and and our gold plaque is sitting in the bubble wrap room at the, <laughs> in, in Google in California. And it's like sitting half open. Like the manager's like, well, you know, let's not let's just verify that those 1.3 million subs are all real people. It's un, under some some footnote, you know. But um, I, listen, I think that the bottom line is I've come to see it over and over. This is my mantra today. The moment you stop giving a shit is, and, and seeking their approval is the moment you're free to actually be effective. You have to not care at the first line on your Wikipedia it says far-right criminal doctor's tapes. It hurts, but you just got to let it go. Because if you do the thing that you're proposing, you're running for office, aren't you? Yeah. God bless you. I'm never going to run for office oh, my terrible. whole life. It's, it's the most I could never do that job. thing ever. I can't do it, I, but we need good people, so thank you. I hope you're successful in your efforts. You have to not give a shit yeah. mm-hmm. what they think. You just have to do the right thing and have a leap of faith. And a lot, one of the things that struck me about the HHS whistleblower and the um, Pfizer whistleblower is I asked them, aren't you afraid of going after Pfizer? And they both said effectively, I put my faith in, in God, not in man. Mm-hmm. And, and whether you're a, a religious person or not, they're taking a leap of faith. Yeah. They're saying, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to do the right thing, damn it. And I just think that that's what people need to do if they're going to want to change things. I, I 99.9% agree with you on what you said about not caring. But I'm going to offer up a little a little different. Uh, Go ahead. See, I do care what they write on my Wikipedia. Because for a long time they claimed on Wikipedia that I invented a live streaming Zeppelin. I don't understand why they think I, Tim Pool, and I, I was working with drones that I nice. get. And I think a, one of my- a live streaming what? Zeppelin. What do you, what do like you mean? Like a blimp. A like blimp. they claimed I had a blimp. Why would they want to claim from Germany? Such a thing? So cool. I don't know. <laughs> and it was in my Wikipedia for like a for years. Is that supposed it. to be defamatory? A no. blimp? No, no, no. That's but cool, here's right? the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. I am so fed up with like when I read your Wikipedia, I'm like that is obviously. Listen, even if it was true, there are opinion pieces that don't tell us what your organization is, and I'm sick of it. So yeah. here's what I'm doing. Okay. Here's what we are doing. After a few years of them claiming that I invented some kind of Zeppelin and me saying publicly, like, guys, I did not do this. Please remove it. And they were like, you're not a credible source. You can't be used. They finally took it out. And I said, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm actually going to invent the damn thing. <laughs> so they'll have to put it back in. I'll <laughs> retroactively fun. make their... So that, that's the game I'm playing. So we actually smart. have it. That's we have the, the Zeppelin is near completion. And we're going to be launching it. We're going to get a pilot with certification. And we are going to have the live streaming Zeppelin. And then they're going to have to go back and change the whole thing all over again because now it's true. Now, uh, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's a gr- I can't wait to see that. Gross. I want to be a part of that. Uh, but James, you brought up a very important point. And if I could kind of surmise it a little bit, it would be that words only have power when you give them power. 
And I think we're really seeing a lot of crazy, ridiculous words out there to the point where everyone's laughing at the establishment. I mean, Wolf Blitzer, he, he posted this photo of himself <laughs> and he looks like a geriatrics Amazing. bald eagle. And he is. And, and he wrote, ratio. he wrote this caption nine months ago. He's behind the U.S. Capitol. Quote, nine months ago today on January 6th, oh. two, 2021, an angry mob attacked the U.S. Capitol. I walked around the complex today and it was very calm. As you know, the perimeter security fence is gone. At least for now. You know Drama. what they're, you know what they were calling it? Ratios. <laughs> yeah. Straight, straight from Thomas Massey's office, the, they were calling it Fort Pelosi up there. Oh wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good for them. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but you're, you're absolutely right, James. You've got to be able to stand on your own two feet and say, I don't care what they say about me. If you're going to yeah. be effective in changing the culture, which is the most important thing that we're up against right now. Yeah. You've got to be able to sit there and say, listen, they're going to tell lies. They're going to disperse me. They're going to blackball me, whatever it is. You got to be okay yeah, with most it. Most people, when that happens, they stop. They, 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 huh? they start reacting. They start playing on the turf of the, of the opposition. And, and to do this, you effectively do have to suffer. You have to, uh, uh, struggle and, and, and suffer and, and go through pain. And that's what it's going to take pain. I think I think people are going to have to go through a lot of pain uh, in order to get to the destination. But the problem I find, I've seen people do this, and then they get lawyered up, and, they, and then they start to, you know, you know, you just have to keep going. You just have to keep. I mean, we're banned on Twitter. I wanted to tell you, we are banned on Twitter, but we're trending on Twitter, mm-hmm. and it actually renders people get pretty confused by that. They don't understand it. Well, it's because we, you got to get the story has to be so strong that nobody can ignore it. And we distribute by proxy. So we send the, the, the stories to other people and they embed the videos. And that's what you have to do. And also, I think people have to see. I think images are transformative. And, and yeah. you say, Luke, the power of words. You know, Orwell writes in 1984, the party, communist, tell you to reject the evidence of your own eyes and ears. It's their final, most essential commandment. That's their number one rule. Yep. Do not believe mm-hmm. what you see and hear. So I think words are are not one thousandth the power of images. Exactly. If we're gonna if we're gonna win this battle, it has to be through images. That's why we call it veritas, cinema verite. Images anesthetize. They they they, they transfix yep. in a way that words do not. And oftentimes you're putting that person in this in this dichotomy. In Brooklyn, we had we had left wing people in Brooklyn sharing our Pfizer videos. I got messages from people like hipsters were sharing our videos. They didn't even know like what Project Veritas was. They're just like, "Wow, this big bad pharmaceutical company is lying to people." That's what I'm talking about, you know. Yeah. You guys also just had a big expose on like a nursing home scandal. That's right in Washington State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I saw a lot of sentiment. People were saying it's a bummer. This story doesn't get as much play because it's not culture war, but it's one of the yeah. most serious issues. Happens all the time in nursing homes. People forge. You know, checkmark documents, a lot of paperwork in the bureaucracy. So people were just forging uh, checkmarks to take care of these elderly people they were not providing care for. This is, this is what I love. They say far right. And it's like you've got stories targeting mainstream media and big tech companies as right. well as nursing homes. And I'm like, are, are what, do you, what, what does that mean? Are nursing homes secretly <laughs> left, communist left organizations? Or, yeah. Right. And you mentioned fear. I thought that was such an important yeah. point. We should do a whole hour on fear mm-hmm. because the guy at CNN – uh, Charlie Chester said, "Fear sells." Well, they put the mm-hmm. ticker on the screen with all the yes. people dying. He goes, "We want, we want it to be higher." I'm quoting him. Why isn't it higher? Why can't we have the death toll higher from COVID? Because it'll sell more ads. 
This is what this man is saying. I hate to be the history buff in, in the room with the anti-federals. They call them the bugbears and the hobgoblins. And the, the MO has been the same ever since. Like the, the anti-federalists sit there and, and they're prophets talking about the United States Constitution, right? Like this is a centralization of power. And what it's going to lead to is the enslavement of every man, woman, and child in the United States, right? Like what we should be doing is keeping the states as free as possible. And, you know, hey, in, in peace, we'll be friendly. And in war, hey, we're, we're enemies. But this is what it is. This is what goes into everything that we do overseas. I'm a, I mean, main, former Marine, uh, you know, served in the special operations and, and saw this stuff up close and personal. And what goes into warfare before you actually go kinetic is a mountain, a mountain of fear and division. Hmm. And if you can fear and you know, make people fearful and divide them, you can conquer them. And that is just the, the absolute truth. But to see, you know, what we're seeing now with these people pushing fear 24 seven, ramping it up. I mean, do you guys understand that? Like when we talk about the 95 or 99.5% that they're talking about in terms of being like hospitalized in terms of COVID or dying of COVID right now, what they're talking about is the CDC number that you're not actually a, a fully vaxxed person until 15 days after your second vaccination. Mm-hmm. So anybody in that time that has any type of ailment that goes to the hospital or dies during that time that's had a shot or two shots is considered unvaccinated. And that's a number that they're reporting to you to scare the well, hell out of you. Let, let, let's talk about what fear leads to. So we have this story. From the Atlantic, America is running out of everything. Mm. The global supply chain is slowing down at the very moment when Americans are demanding that it go into overdrive. For the longest time, they said the economy is actually recovering. There's just too much demand. Now they're back to actually, yeah, it's collapsing. Now what happens is in the early days, we they said 15 days to slow the spread. And people said, okay, 15 days. I'm fine with that. Then they started saying, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. CNN, I don't think it's a grand conspiracy. I think what happens is CNN knows it's gangbusters in the ratings when they get mm. that, that ticker on the screen showing dead people. Regular people then panic, put on 80 masks, and are sitting in the streets <laughs> shaking and convulsing in fear. They then demand their politicians. The Democrats then just then say, this is an excellent opportunity to ram through our agenda. Yep. So it becomes this, this, this endless spiral that results in now nearly two years of economic collapse, and there's no food to eat. I mean, there's food to eat, but it's it's expensive. I went to the store today. We got our, our and I've been talking about this for a while because we, we go grocery shopping periodically. Our shopping cart was about three quarters full, seven hundred dollars. Wow. I went. I asked the. I looked at the final bill. It was like six eighty something, and I was just like, "What the?" And we have meat, cheese. You know, uh, we got strawberries, and I'm like, we didn't like fill this cart. I asked the, the the woman, "Our food price is going up," and she just looks at me and she goes, "They are way up." And this is because people are trapped in a, in a spiral of fear. They're so terrified. There was this poll that went around asking Democrats and Republicans what percent of people with COVID are hospitalized. Republicans correctly answered. It's between like one and five percent. The Democrats thought it was like 40 or some ridiculously high number. Why? They watch CNN. So I'll tell you, when you say like what happens before a total breakdown or revolution, people don't eat. The system is failing them. They have they don't feel secure in their health. You've got a pandemic. They don't feel secure in their homes. The eviction moratorium is canceled. They can't work and they don't have food to eat. Mm-hmm. The economy is shut down. This, I believe, is first and foremost the fault of the media who was willing to lie, cheat and steal to drum up their ratings because they've been dying for the past several years. We heard it from Shane Smith, the CEO of Vice back in 2014. He said there will be a bloodbath in digital. He was talking about how media was going to be on fire 
and it was coming soon. We then started seeing the ratings collapse, and we still do, of all of these big networks. But then Trump came along, pumped some lifeblood in the system for a little bit. Now that he's out and the ratings are collapsing once again, they are desperate. What do they got? Put that big old death number on the screen because it'll shock people and get us ratings. But those scared people vote for, for, for authoritarians and despots who then choke out the system, causing a further collapse. It is a downward death spiral and we're trapped in it. Well said. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about this earlier today. I mean, I, I, I think we're at war. And this is, you know, I don't say that lightly, and I've always been this person that's super optimistic. But when I look at what the landscape is and the tactics and procedures that I've seen in other countries, you've got mass confusion through pop- propaganda, misinformation, disinformation. You've got the economy and the supply chain being destroyed on purpose by these people. I mean, they you know, they went after all the small businesses this last year where you see banks, you see corporations, and you see politicians making out like bandits, but anybody who's not in that upper echelon, they're getting screwed. You've got the ramp up of government assistance because things are failing and people need to eat. They need to clothe themselves. You see the mandates for medical tyranny happen in Germany. You've got the creation of food shortages in a place where food is abundant. I mean, everybody's seen the damn Dunkin' Donuts video, right? Where we're just throwing out trays and trays yeah, of donuts, man. right? Like, not that donuts are going to be, you know, your staple, but we throw out food and that's a great problem to have in a country. You also have the, uh, instigation of riots. You have the sowing of hate and discontent. You have the silencing of dissent. These have already happened in America. What you're missing is the removal of assistance or the centralization of assistance where you say, Hey, listen, we can't take care of you out there anymore. You're going to have to come here into this camp. You know, it's, I know, far-fetched idea. And yeah, then but, you, but, but look at, uh, do you guys, you see what's happening in Australia, right? Yeah. They're building camps. Well, now we have a story from the Daily Beast that said fascist anti-vaccine uh, mandate rioters caused, you know, uh, yeah. outbreak of COVID. Yeah. And I said, that's what they were going to do next. I said, they built the camps and they say, it's just for the people who are traveling. Yeah. Then you're going to see protests over their the draconian mandate. And then they're going to say, oh, no, they caused a super spreader event for their own good. They'll need to be quarantined. I have the article here actually lined up as you were talking about it. And the article is titled, quote, fascist anti-vax riot sparks COVID outbreak in Australia with Rupert Murdoch's help. Yeah. I mean, talk about just living in another plane of reality. I mean, holy freaking cow. This is the the same magazine that was the same uh, alleged news organization that was cheering on the BLM protesters that, that, that were making arguments that scientists say BLM protests help people with COVID and help prevent the spread. But Anti-vax protests somehow spread the spread. How does that make sense? There's no logic here. There's no understanding. There's a completely different world that people are living in. And that's why... No, 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 no. Stop watching the news. Well, no, 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 no. I, I do think a lot of them have to lie to themselves, have to convince themselves. I do believe there's psychological warfare out there. I do believe there's a lot of people under trauma-based mind control because nonstop what was just issue, issued into their head is everyone's dying. Your grandma's going to die. Your mother's going to die. Your loved one's going to die. That had such an impact on you, yeah. and they were locked down inside of their homes and told to watch the the boob tube. And what happens? You're literally linked into the programming of the multinational corporate elites that are run by big pharma agencies that are invested heavily in it that are regurgitating everything to the point where people are just blindly repeating it and in such a trauma state they're shaking uh, in their boots at, at, at people walking near them. That's the point that we're at right now and, this and is it's delusion. Pfizer uh, incorporated on Twitter 
Uh, this is uh, today. We're in a race to save the world. We've teamed up with the Daily Beast. They are teaming up. Sweet organization. We're teaming. Wow. So, so Pfizer right here wow. says yeah. Pfizer Incorporated. This is a blue check mark. Pfizer on Twitter. We're, we're we're teaming up with the journalism organization. What do you mean teaming up? Like, with, with investigators. Are they just are they just supposed to report? I, I there's this symbiotic. <laughs> like a Massive a, multinational pharmaceutical s- joins forces with me, journalists. journalists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but, In quotation but, marks. But like, it's all about the fear. Yeah, it's all about the fear. And like, I, I, in some small way, like when we got the Pfizer scientist on Monday saying, "Oh, you don't need our vaccine if you've had COVID. Your antibodies are stronger if you've had COVID. You don't don't take our vaccine." This is a scientist, a master's degree in neurobiology. I was shocked to find how wrong the Pfizer scientist was, as we all know, right? That Pfizer scientist certainly was giving the incorrect stated opinions. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were three of them saying the same thing. It's now, weird. Now, now, they... now, now, that means those three scientists who are clearly wrong should not be working for Pfizer. I mean, I mean, the editorial well, guidelines of YouTube are clear. And, and right? this is how you keep your stuff up on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well it, look, if the scientists said, um, we're not saying it, they can say whatever they want, but that's the, that's, that's oh, the I see. joke. I see. Yeah. Yes. I, the, the, the joke is, if YouTube is saying, you know, uh, you can't say certain things about the vaccine that literally the scientists believe, yeah. then how can you have a mainstream narrative d- like asserted by YouTube that the scientists at Pfizer, at least three of them, don't even agree with? Clearly then, they must be wrong, I guess, right? You know, we're, we're, um, I've said this repeatedly. My colleagues are in the room with me. I was with Laura Logan in Texas. She said something that really struck me. She said that we are at the gates of Auschwitz right yeah. now. The gates of Auschwitz. And, uh, she said the coup has already occurred. Yep. You, you said it eloquently. Luke did. You did. Tim. I mean, everyone did it. And the only thing that's preventing the gates from opening, the proverbial Auschwitz, the modern day version of that, whatever that looks like, you know, like the Tom Cruise movie Oblivion where he goes up in the spaceship and the world is controlled by this monolithic – who knows what that looks like. But she said the only thing that's stopping us from entering the gates is we the people it, because there are so many good people out there. I, I guess I see it so much because I get so many DMs and emails like thousands and thousands and thousands of people are so pissed off. And I, and, I, and this is America. I mean this is not these other places in the past. Right. This is America, and I think when people are pressed against the wall, I just feel like they're just not going to take it. They're not going to take it. What do your fellow uh, Marines think about this whole situation? It's a great place to bring this in because we had, you know, obviously the collapse of the Afghanistan withdrawal, right? All completely planned, by the way. I mean, when we talk about, like, what's going on with these people who are standing in patience right now, and I really, like, for your audience, maybe they haven't heard this, but... I think America has been extremely patient because they are powerful. And you can be quiet and powerful. And you can stand in power and not sit there and say, hey, listen, we have to do something violent. We have to be, you know, we don't have to be, you know, peaceful. Like we, we are a peaceful people. 99.9% of people go about their everyday life without hurting people, without robbing them, raping them, murdering, kidnapping, whatever. America, and most people are extremely good, patient people. If they wanted to do something about this, it would be over in a blink of an eye, especially given the amount of combat-hardened veterans that we have in this country. I, I, I don't think we're headed towards a place of like mass civil war-type violence. 
I don't either. If if people didn't want to do something, they need only just carry on with their lives. Yeah. That's the thing, right? If Texas is upset with New York, they don't agree with each other, and mm-hmm. Texas just says, we're going to do our thing, you do yours, what's the issue? Why would anyone complain? So right right now, I think the big issue is, the uh, so there was a story I keep, I keep harping on about 10 violations issued in New York City over the uh, business vaccine mandates. 10. 10 out of how many thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of businesses. Yeah. They have no real ability to enforce this. They issued warnings, uh, several thousand warnings over not having signs in their stores. But the reality is if people in New York just said, I didn't, I don't care, there would be no vaccine mandate. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, I've, I've started this thing called the Helios Initiative. And at first it was, I'm going to talk to anybody and everybody in the liberty space that's running for governor. And then it translated into, well, hey, listen, we're a post-constitutional republic now. We're, we're acting through executive fiat and orders and everything else. We have the judicial that's backing them up and we have a spineless relegated Congress and uh, legislative branch. How do we sit here and say, hey, listen, at the local level, how do we change this? Reach out and touch your elected sheriff and reach out and touch your elected mayors who control the local police force. If you can do those two things, and I'm doing it locally in my county now because one of my very good friends and my jiu-jitsu instructor was pulled over driving well black in a 2021 Lincoln Navigator. And there was nothing wrong with the car. It was a, it was a dealership hand me over so that they could work on his. And when this happened, I said, Hey man, you know, to the to the mayor and the chief of police, the the chief of police ended up hanging up on me, and so I took it to the mayor. He's a other he's a marine, and I said, "Hey, this civil asset forfeiture deal that you guys are doing around here is absolute nonsense." And I laid it out for him, you know, per the Constitution, the mechanics, and how it works. You can't change the Constitution without an Article Five, and all of anybody who's ever in a office for government swears an oath per Article 6, Section 3 of the Constitution, and anything that's not pursuant to the Constitution, per Article 6, Section 2 of the Constitution, is of no pursuance of the Constitution and is void. So if you can sit there and say, hey, listen, locally, we can touch our mayors, we can touch the sheriffs, and we can say this is not going to happen in our counties or in our cities, you can start to affect real change. I but, mean, but if the state can't steal, where will it get its money? Perfect. <laughs> uh, but I also wanted to kind of highlight uh, the lockdowns because I think they're uh, far more significant than we even led on to because after 9-11 you couldn't avoid just non-stop establishment mainstream media news reporting about what happened, the trauma of it, and there was a lot of psychological warfare there. Uh, something very similar happened where you couldn't avoid anything surrounding the the sickness covid that was going around during these two weeks of lockdowns it's just two weeks to stop the spread people were told to stop working they were told to shut down their businesses they went home they went online they turned on the television and everywhere they went you couldn't avoid this thing and the mainstream media the elites the the bureaucrats the government officials the multinational corporations were able to talk to them directly and i think they did cause not just economic destruction and and a lot of mainstream media talks about it's it's covid that's creating this economic havoc no 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 it's the government that is creating this economic havoc and it's and it's not just supply shortages it's rail car shortages it's container ship shortages it's truck driver shortages it's natural raw supply shortages i mean these shortages are a lot more significant i do think they're deliberate i do think they're going to try to uh launch another economic war on people the lockdowns were 
economic war. Yep. They destroyed small businesses. They helped the billionaire class. But but by and large, the psychological warfare aspect, the trauma put on people was far higher, far more significant. And I think we have to kind of reevaluate where we are as a people because we can make fun of people who wear masks. We could, you know, some people call them mask tards, whatever. But these are people who are hurt. These are people who are traumatized. And I think trying to reach out to them in an empathetic way, trying to reach out to them and make them understand like, hey, hey, it, it's okay. Let's, let's actually have a rational, real conversation that's not based on emotion, but it's based on facts. Let's actually show the data. Let's actually have this conversation. And we can't even do that on big tech social media because they're blocking a lot of the conversations. And that's why you know alternatives are so important. You have your, your own uh, uh, platform, Tim, that's growing. I have mine. I, I know you're working on yours. Uh, you, you probably have your own website yep. as well. I definitely recommend building that up, focusing on your email sure. list, not on social media. But but James, I kind of I kind of wanted to bring it back because you talked about Telegram a little bit. You're, you're banned from Twitter. What alternatives are you seeing as the most ones that have email. the most amount of people yeah. that you reach? Well, we, re- uh, we, and, and we were blocked. at uh, half a million email subs, and now we're like at a million. Wow. So, so that, that's like outrageous. It's like not even exponential is an understatement. Yeah. So, so people, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Can I ask you what service you use or what service you recommend? I don't know if you Do guys are privy say? to that. I don't know if you guys can. Campaign monitor. Okay. Um, uh, if you build it, they will come. I, when you st- started in your career, I admired your your um, your moxie. You just went out there and did it. You you went there to borrow Shane Smith's. Uh, uh, we go there. Advice. Yeah. Ima- imagine how ridiculous they it is when to. your unique value proposition is actually going to the destination you're reporting on. But that's what you did. And um, uh, to, to borrow your metaphor about war. Uh, the war is here. There's a great movie called The Insider, which if you haven't seen it, you should watch it with Al Pacino. And it was about the whistleblower in 1996 on 60 Minutes who, who blew the whistle on Big Tobacco. And uh, the attorney the attorney hired by the state of Mississippi to assist in suing Big Tobacco explained so eloquently that in combat, events have a duration of seconds, sometimes minutes. But what 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 you go through in this country if you're a whistleblower goes in day in, day out, week in, week out, month after month. You're assaulted psychologically. Yeah. You're assaulted financially, which is its own special kind of violence because it's directed at your children. Um, you feel your whole family's future compromised, held hostage. This is war. Yes, it is. And, yeah. and on this, in this country, traditionally, you, you hardly ever see these things happen. I mean, Jeffrey Wigand was a hero. He blew the whistle on big tobacco. The nicotine was addictive. But what I'm seeing from my perspective in terms of whether it's whatever platform you're on, I'm seeing people willing to go to war. This woman inside Pfizer, she I looked into her eyes, yeah. okay? I sat across from her, and she said, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to expose these people. Well, aren't you afraid? No, I'm, I'm taking a leap of faith. And she told me there's so many other people that are willing to be assaulted psychologically, financially. That's a pretty significant thing. And I would submit to you that there's two types of courage to fight a war. Um I, I've never done what you've done, and I admire your courage because it, it, I don't have your courage. It basically comes down to eating crayons and, and, and things <laughs> like that. So. But there's different types of courage. There's moral yes. courage, which means you're going up and you don't know what's going to happen to you. Yes. And I think that I'm just seeing I'm I'm seeing the landscape, and I'm seeing a lot of people willing to say I value the public's right to know above my own welfare and my own career and my own livelihood. And I also have children. And I don't know how I'm going to feed them, but the public's right to know is so paramount. And I I just think that that is a very beautiful phenomenon. And and I think you're going to see a lot of people come in from the federal government 
on the record, sitting down, talking, violating their own non-disclosure agreements, that's a significant thing. And one could argue perhaps um, that that's war. You, okay? you, you brought up they have children, don't know how they're going to feed them. And that's one big debate we had on this show, that people are saying, I can't just put my politics before my children because I need to make sure they're well fed. But I would, would assert the only reason your kids are struggling to get food now or there's a risk is because of compliance. When they started the, fir- the first part of the lockdowns, we all complied. And that was reasonable for a regular person. Then they've exacerbated those lockdowns. They've gotten worse. It's been nearly two years, and they're still here. They're still locking everything down, and people still comply. The shortages are due to the economic shutdown. Your children are at risk of not having food because you complied with the edicts that are not constitutional, that are not legal. And so now to hear people are saying, I'm willing to go to war, I'll put it this way. I just mentioned that when people have no risk, they're at risk of losing their shelter, they have no bodily security, and they have no food, they have nothing left to lose. Now you're seeing all of these people. Maybe one of the reasons you're seeing so many people is because they've been beaten down so much. That's they're right. like, it's, it's, it's the line for me. Yep. Yeah. I cannot go any further. James, here's the documents. There's going to be despair before there is hope. You're going to be pushed to the precipice. I feel like this is a very American thing that occurs. You're pushed to the line, and then everyone's okay i'm not not, to hell with this it's uncomfortableness i'm I'm pushing back yeah and and i've been doing you know like i said for a decade maybe you get one or two sources a year not ten thousand in 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 two weeks where can people email you if they they've got veritas tips at protonmail.com that's v-e-r-i-t-a-s tips at protonmail.com in fact david johnson the um uh, who messaged me here a moment ago. David Johnson was the guy, uh, the critical race theory inside Hasbro Toys was inspired by you, Tim. Oh, wow. He loves you and your show. Cool. And he, Glad to hear it. He came to us via me being here. So um, I would encourage you to message me. And um, we have a lot of people inside, uh, multiple people inside Pfizer, a lot of people on the Border Patrol, a lot of, of people in Customs and Border Patrol. And, of course, the FBI is listening. Uh, so um, uh, good for you. But uh, we have... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the FBI. They become. I'm just going to say it on the record. You've become a weaponized intelligence operation. Used to be a law enforcement operation, but you've become a weaponized in, domestic intelligence operation. Uh, and um, you know, if uh, you come after me, I've, I don't break the law. So if you come after me, uh, uh, the rank and file inside your organization will hopefully revolt because it's horrible. And uh, but a lot of people in Customs and Border Patrol, a lot of people on the border reaching out to us. Many of those people will go public. Remember how fun X-Files was? Yeah, yeah, it looked so cool. You know, Mulder was kind of crazy, but it was still, like, it was still cool. Now I'm just like, what are they going after? Like, pull ropes and garages? Uh, and where are the agents with the stones? To Amen. Come, to come out and... Like, because you, you're... God bless your brothers and sisters in battle overseas, but... Where are the people with the stones inside the bureau? Well, and the thing is, is a lot of those guys were the same guys that were overseas. A lot of those guys, and I being one of them, thank God I didn't get into the FBI when I applied because I failed a polygraph test because of my former use of cannabis. But I'm telling you right now, like <laughs> to think that the the FBI can't just roll up a lot of these politicians and asshats who are running around in corporate America or the banksters. Like this is a slam dunk. And we're oh, yeah. and we don't have any anybody from the upper echelons ever seeing justice. Are you I mean, they, I think people are sick of that. They enter Congress at $174,000 a year salary and then after, you know, a couple decades they're worth hundreds of millions or whatever. <laughs> And they wear lizard suits. But you think the rank and file, <laughs> the rank and file, these organizations are 
probably decent good people i would think well and the, the thing is, is I, like i know these guys i mean i can i can go to their house here and that's the thing is is you, like hey what the hell is going on and i've heard some chatter you know behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff but it's just like at the end of the day i don't see anything i don't see anything rolled up before a judge i definitely don't see anything before cameras and i don't see anything for people who are waiting like normal regular everyday people who are sitting there going like listen we know jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself have we done any investigation into this kind of stuff? Where is Jocelyn Maxwell? Where is she? You know, why are we not talking about this kind of stuff? Can people the, like the, the challenge is we don't know. However, my favorite quote is when I think it was Chris Reagan got into an Uber. Uh-huh. The Uber driver immediately goes, yo, yeah. that guy didn't kill himself. Like <laughs> nobody believes the official well, narrative on that. Well, I will tell you one okay. quick story about the FBI. Um, happened in April of this year. The New York Times had a front page hit piece on me. So I was trying to subvert the FBI. Subvert the FBI. <laughs> because. Project Veritas. Because we did some investigative reporting on on people in D.C. at bars making comments about how they weren't working. The people worked for the State Department. They worked for the DOJ. One of them was an assistant. They were all fired from their jobs. They didn't report that part, that they were fired from their jobs for doing bad things. No, they said I was trying to subvert the FBI. And And right when that New York Times story broke... The ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, called my cell phone. At first, I thought it was a prank call. I thought this was a bad Lauren Windsor, Ryan Clayton operation. <laughs> We'd like to tell you about your vehicles. <laughs> I, I thought this can't possibly be an ATF agent from Albany, New York. It's 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 lamp- lampooning an SNL skit of what an ATF. No, no, they were calling me saying, "Did you buy a shotgun last year?" Mm. And I did, and I'm, it's legal for me to do so. And as a New York State resident, buy a shotgun. And I said, "What, what are you talking about? Are you kidding me?" I, I said. I'm going to put you on touch with my my lawyer because I don't know why you're calling me. And they say, well, do you have something to be ashamed of? And I'm like, what? what, what? I, I literally was, was shocked. And this happened right when the New York Times published their article. So the New York Times and the FBI and the ATF are all just working together. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's just – it's a comedy of errors. It's dystopian. It's anti-anathema to everything that journalism is supposed to be. But I have to believe the rank and file – that the, the the so-called middle class of these organizations are good people, and there's going to be a point of no return, a event horizon, where those people say, "To hell with this! You can put me in jail. I'm ready to go to jail because I want to stand in principle, or something's more important than than being part of this institution." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very optimistic. I would definitely disagree, especially from a historical with which part? context. Which part? With believing that the agency is going to turn for the greater good. I hope so. I wish I w- we should always try. We should always put everything in our ability to make sure that this happens. But this is also the same agency that literally sat on their hands for over 30 years as, as Epstein was able to run an international Oh, I don't think they're going to tr- I don't operation. think they're going to turn. Yeah. I think that people are probably going to go public yeah. with revelations. I hope so. Uh, some of them are. Uh, some of them are just being fired. Some of them are, are quitting as well. So it's a very, very difficult dichotomy to be in. But even from the history of the FBI, I mean, there's so many instances oh, now. MLK right I mean, from the beginning, right? Yeah, MLK from the very beginning, uh, JFK too. But but as they're hassling you, there's literal people who hurt children in unspeakable ways that the FBI just decides to oh, look the other way. Nassar, Epstein, we could keep yeah. going. Andrew. Now they're, now they're talking uh, about they might not even charge the guy. Is that what, is that what yeah, was reported? Yeah. They, they, is, and the victims are like... They they are deliberately making sure that we get no justice here at all. So there's something sinister to the core of these agencies that really deserves to be called out because, again, they're unaccountable. And, and they're essentially – they had victims coming from Jeffrey Epstein 
in the 90s to the FBI. The yeah. FBI recorded witness testimony about Epstein from the 90s, and they still didn't they do did anything nothing. about it. I, w- I wanted to ask you, you uh, James, Yeah, how, how long have you been doing this work? I was 19 when I started my college newspaper and pretty much have been doing it ever since then. It broke through in a major way when I was 24 years old. So since about 2004. You've been putting yourself out there. You know, you, you yourself are exposed. You've had like the government come after you on more than one occasion. Oh yeah. I was arrested by the FBI in 2010. I was falsely accused of a felony, which I was eventually exonerated from, but it was a whole, I wrote a whole book about it. It was a long story. You've been very brave. And with uh, that courage, you've inspired many others to be brave, to come forward to stand up, reject the authoritarianism, the lies, the manipulation. And so when I hear from a lot of people saying, they say, oh, it's easy for you to say, Tim, look how well off you are. My, my point is, I have lived a life of willing to stand up and say no when, when I am faced with something I view as wrong. And that has not led me astray. And I feel the same for you. You have repeatedly stood up, defended what's right, even with the federal government coming after you and getting arrested by the FBI. You refuse to back down. And it's worked out pretty well for you and even helped you lead many others. From that, I would just say to many other people, don't look at any of us and think that we have any excuse or that it's easier for us. It was it was years of risk and sacrifice. And I think that's why it's it's so incredible when you do these 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 fundraisers for the whistleblowers that you're, you're basically letting them know there's a safety net there. Yes. You can be brave. We're not going to let you down. It is it is not that you are going to come out, stand up for what you believe in, and you'll be thrown to the wind. Well, I think um, this is a this is a very important thing to say. Is that the things I've been through? I don't. I mean, I, I when I was incarcerated and and then placed on federal probation, supervised probation. It was, it was this very bizarre thing I went through, and, and it was so bizarre that my lawyers and I've never seen anything like this before. So it was a bit of a political prisoner, and I and I had this sort of why have you forsaken me thing for two or three years in new jersey i was stuck in a, like a halfway house situation it's like what is this is to be falsely accused of something and to be jailed for it is a really terrifying experience when you grow up to pledge allegiance to your flag and i said why am i going through this and i did not know why until recently a lot of the people trust project veritas because of the things that i have been through because i guess it shows them that you know i believe in what i'm doing um but i also think that uh uh the facts disclosed in these reports um uh brought into the uh consciousness of ordinary people tends to expand tend to expand the audience and you you create this effect where the balance of political forces starts to change and the role of the oppressor becomes reversed and and uh, as david assumes new strength goliath starts to be attacked from all sides the hunter becomes the hunted the 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 the, the organizations in question probably fear um, i think this is a safe uh, my team is over there i'm going to ask a rhetorical question I think it's safe to assume they fear us more than we fear them at this point in time. And the one thing I've learned about communism, because I've, I've been fascinated by communism, I'm reading a lot about communism. It strikes me that the only thing, and I, I think this is a great issue to ask you, the only thing they fear at this point in time is being exposed. I'm not sure they fear anything else, do they? They fear anything else? If the, uh, I, I, I would say mostly I agree with you. Like Maybe we'd have to research a little bit more to think about it uh, or think about it a little bit more, but I think... So long as people are kept in the dark, they can do whatever they want. Their, their whole agenda hangs in the balance of lies that could be exposed at any moment. So that's a very delicate, vulnerable situation to be in, and I wouldn't want to be in that situation. 
I, I feel like shows like this, um, and the work you do, they've certainly have done, they've, they've done a lot to try and silence you and it's not working. And I think that's, that's exactly why a lot of people might say, okay, well, if, if they're really all powerful or if they're really this big coordinated group or there's powerful elites, like why aren't they just banning all these channels? They're not that powerful. There's powerful right. interests and powerful elites and they are fighting a war and they need you convinced that they own you, they control you and you can't do anything. No, but the people actually have the ability. I think your proof, I think this show right now is proof. I'm sure there's a lot of people over at YouTube who are watching this going like, <laughs> oh, jeez. Hey, Sam, I'm sure there's a lot of people at YouTube who, who like you. I know that's true. I, I, sure I, I don't know what percentage, 15, 20%. You know? Well, I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll tell you guys. Um, I know, uh, I've known for a long time some people at Google. I've actually consulted some of the development of, you know, various apps they've been trying to do, particularly on live streaming and, and mobile stuff. And I've hung out at the Google HQ several times. I've invited all these YouTube parties. And now it's, it's not the same in the past few years. Things have definitely been different. But I, I talked to some of my uh, friends who have since left YouTube, and they'll, and they'll say things to me like, oh, dude, there's a ton of people at YouTube who are, like, watching your show all the time. They're huge fans. I hear from current workers. They're like, yeah, we actually really enjoy your, your content. We don't – you know, it's – you know, uh, the interesting thing is they all feel like they can't say anything and it has to be a secret. They're like, oh, but no one, no one can know we watch your show. That's the scary thing. Yep. They need you convinced that you can't express yourself. And, and you can. The, 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 look, look what you were saying about when you, when you just finally stop caring what people think about you is when you'll be free. There was this thing yeah. I was reading today about a paradox where people go along with something they hate because they think everyone else likes it, but everyone else hates it too. So it enforces this social you know, order over suffering. There are a lot of people probably at uh, a lot of companies you wouldn't expect. They're probably big fans of you, James. They're big fans of Luke, big fans of you, Shane. They won't say it though out of fear. And that's why I always say uh, you, you've got to stand up for yourself. You've got to speak up for these things. Because it lets other people know. You're lighting that torch in the cave that everyone can finally see. Andrew Breitbart used to say something to the effect of um, um, if you keep going, you're sending a message to others that they can you know, keep going, keep running towards the fire. But just imagine if all the people just stood up with cameras and exposed all the deceivers in their midst. And yeah. I, I think You'd that be out of a the, job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, Perfect. that is, that is the mission of, of – of what we're trying yeah. to accomplish. A, a, a good nonprofit should shut itself down. That is yeah. absolutely true. I don't think I'll ever be out of a job, but I yes. Agree. <laughs> too much evil. There's too much corruption. I think people are going to be afraid though of the person sitting next to them wearing a camera and that'll, that'll create a more virtuous society. Yeah. Bro, I got to tell you, you know, I watch the work you do and sometimes it feels like you are sitting at the base of the Burj Dubai with a ball peen hammer trying to knock it down. <laughs> like there is just so much corruption, but maybe that's unfair because I think you've had such a tremendous impact with many of these stories. That's why it's so viral. That's why it, it's been expanding. But, but no one does any, no one's done me any favors. Like there's no, I have no, I have no real allies in, in a sense. I mean, even, even the, the story we've done, uh, Ivory Hecker, who is a Fox, uh, Fox, news organization local affiliate but i noticed that fox was wary to have oh, me on after that story so i don't really have any allies no one's done me any favors every story has to be so strong and so bulletproof and so incontrovertible that it forces people to share it even though we're banned on twitter yeah. you know and you're right Nonprofits most start you know eric coffers dictate what start out as a mass movement usually ends up as a racket, a cult, or a corporation. So yep. most nonprofit organizations in D.C. have a stated mission, and if you solve the problem, they can no longer fundraise. Right. Yeah. I think the larger point that I think we're trying to get at here and trying to tell the audience is that living a life with fear is a life not worth living. Uh, what's the point if you're going to be scared 
and, and, and not be able to live your truest, freest version. And once you let go of those shackles, that, that kind of mind control that controls every aspect of your, of your existence, your life becomes amazing. It becomes beautiful yeah. and it becomes so much more fun and so much more worthwhile than being a, a wagey, than being someone that, that is licking someone's jack boots, complying and afraid that someone might actually, uh, get them sick or might take away their money. Once you get rid of all that fear, everything, I, I believe in some, you know, synchronicity as well. Everything kind of lines up through the trajectory of your existence and it lines up perfectly once you let go of that fear and you start going towards, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like a damn hippie, love. But, but it's true. <laughs> but, but it's true. It's true. There's, there's well, these two major frequencies. You choose which ones you resonate with. And once you let go of that negative one, once you're in that positive pathway, everything just starts look, opening up for you. Look well, at him wearing that crystal. And, and the other, you know, the, <laughs> hey, it's it true. is a nice positive crystal. But the other, like, to, to your point, it's not even just, not living in fear. It's seeing the fear and realizing the fear and taking action in face of that fear. And that's courage. I mean, we need a lot more people that will sit there and say, listen, I understand the risk. These are great risks to me, my family, my health, you know, maybe even just being on this earth anymore and saying, you know what? I got to do the right thing here. Some things are more important. Yeah, that, what you said there was, was so eloquent. I almost feel like my team should, should should cut that as an ad for being a project veritas whistleblower. You're right. Uh, the 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 need to not live in fear is is liberating. Even if you let, lose everything, and and I've come to peace with the fact that I may go back to jail. Uh, not because I've done anything illegal, but because I haven't done anything illegal. I've I've just come to peace with that because I'd rather do the right thing, and I can live with myself, and my conscience can be clean. And there's, maybe, you know, if you're an odds maker, you might even say it's probable. <laughs> maybe, maybe political prison, P- political prison, jail, yeah, gulags, gulags, you know, potato, 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 whatever, potato. Modern, yeah. <laughs> whatever quarantine center. Let's jump over to super chats. We got a, we got a ton of super chats. I don't think we'll be able to get to every, well, we're not going to be able to get to everybody, but we'll read as much as we can. Smash that like button. Many of you already have and go to timcast.com because we'll have that member segment coming up around 11 or so PM. Let's read. This one is is important. Waffle Sensei says, My Facebook was suspended today for sharing the Project Veritas story on Pfizer. Mm. It was memory hold, and I was threatened by Facebook that if I repost it, they would take further punitive action against my account. That is happening everywhere. What do we think about that, Eric? I mean, I think it's just getting worse. I mean, we've, we've probably seen tens of thousands of them. Tens of thousands of messages. Facebook's really coming at us. Instagram hasn't but, taken down the recent videos. YouTube still has it up. Facebook's really, really butthurt, and over they're going to the, uh, die because of it, though. Yeah, they're going to lose people. People are leaving. They're going to lose. That's that's the thing. We've gained five hundred thousand email addresses. Right. So let them let them eat cake. To quote Marie Antoinette, let them let them do their thing, and Veritas will just we, become a mass movement. You can all revel in the idea that I think what Zuckerberg lost a couple billion at least the other day, right? And he's not going. It's not going to get any better. Nope. Yes, yes, and yes. It that's that's right. Dylan Tooley says, I live in L.A. I feel lost and don't know what to do after these vax requirements. I'm another problem vax anti-mandator. Now, what would you guys say to somebody living in Los Angeles right now? They just enacted the strictest vaccine mandates. My, my personal thing is move. Um, it may not be easy. It may be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. you got to get out. Either way, I mean, either stand your ground and and don't comply. I mean, mass disobedience is what America needs more than ever right now, and, and peaceful, right? Like, I mean, that's it's one of the core principles that I talk about is just peace. Speaking it, of mass civil disobedience, Tim, uh, this just happened. Twitter 
is labeling the Give, Send, Go. That's the Christian website to fundraise for the whistleblowers. Give, Send, Go, give, send, go.com backslash Pfizer whistleblower. Twitter has sent out a message to anyone who shared this link saying, quote, warning, this link may be unsafe. <laughs> wow. The link is unsafe. They're coming up with new, wow. there's like graphic designers I, at Twitter designing new, you know, <laughs> things new to post. Yeah. I got one today that said this conversation might be intense. Somebody yeah, photoshot it. it and said wow. it online. Malicious <laughs> links. Yeah. Violent, violent links. That, so, so the fundraising website for the Pfizer whistleblower for quoting the vice president of Pfizer is quote, possibly violent. So here's what I want. I'm going to do a call to action here. We're going to show these people who's boss. Um, there's a quarter million people watching this live stream. If all of you donated $5 to Melissa at give, send, go backslash, uh, give, send, go backslash Pfizer whistleblower. That's P-F-I-Z-E-R whistleblower. That's give, send, go backslash Pfizer whistleblower. You tell Jack Zor- Dorsey who's boss because they just <laughs> sent out a message saying that the fundraising website was unsafe. Unsafe. Huh. That's how they do it. All right. Uh, Incredible. We got Jeremy Conrad who says, first super chat ever. Does James have any suggestions on how to be an investigative journalist? And what can I do yeah. as an individual to fight what's happening? School of hard knocks. Mm. I mean, people, people ask me, how did I learn to sail my sailboat? I said, school of hard knocks. Just go out there and fail. You got to go out there and stumble and fail. A uh, couple rules about journalism. Uh, uh, publish something that the person doesn't want published. Everything else is public relations. So is, is, there's some element of secrecy. Either they're trying to keep secret hidden from the public. That's the, that's a good story. Uh, if I was in college, start when you're in college, especially at a state university, which is, you know, governed by FOIA requests. I went to Rutgers. It was a public school. Uh, and, and get your, get your, um, feet wet in college and go out there and just start doing it. Go out in the street. Uh, hidden cameras in, in 38 states is legal. Um, you got to just go out there and do it, Tim, and, and learn the hard way. Right on. Here's one. Wreath uh, Nelson says, father of four and refused the jab, will not teach them submission. Sold off almost all of my World War One and World War Two collection to start my own machine shop, but need help. Site Give, Save, Go under Stand Alone. Okay. Best of luck. And I mean that sincerely. And that, and and Wreath and, uh, says, Give, Save, Go, quote, Stand Alone. Uh, I, I genuinely ho- give ho- send go. I, I it says quote give save go. Maybe he means give send go. I think Maybe he means, he means give send go. That that's that's uh, seems highly probable. Mm. But to everybody who's taken that risk, um, like I said, maybe the hardest thing you do in your life. I I get it, but I just feel like compliance will make things worse. You will not. You 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 cannot comply your way out of tyranny. Mm-hmm. True statement. And if you got enough, I mean, that's the thing is, if you just got enough people just sitting there saying no. What they're doing right now at these major companies where the mandates came out is they're taking polls. They're saying, hey, are you vaccinated or are you not vaccinated? If you say, listen, I'm not telling you, and I'm going to ask for my reasonable request here to say, you don't have any grounds to ask me on this and then start citing law on top of it, man, enough of those people, and the company changes their mind right there. There was actually a story we had um, that I think we're looking into. They said something like there were 6,000 employees of their company and 3,000 rejected the mandate. So the company yeah. just shut up because yeah, they were like, well, we want we like existing. So we'll do what the people say. That's how you do it. Frosty Gun says, Tim, your talk about vaccine mandates has spoken to me. My college is requiring them now. And so after this term, I'm quitting everything I know to go to Florida. Long live the Republic, Tim. Thank you. Well, I'll say this. I think college is a waste of time. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. you said yeah. school of hard knocks. I agree. 
It depends, uh, depends on what he wants to do. Right. You want to be a lawyer or a doctor. I would take the money from college and start a business. Mm. It's probably the best thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. You can always take the money uh, uh, from college, use it to live off of where you do a, a an internship to learn the ropes and watch something and then have a better chance yeah, of right. doing your own thing. Yeah, what are you passionate about? I mean, if you're going to college and you don't know what the hell you're going to do anyway, you're wasting your time, which is your most valuable yeah, And resource, your money. And, and then money on top of it when you're going to go into debt, which you could probably pay yeah, for a business, small house or yeah. business. Business loans are a lot more forgiving than college Darn loans. Darn right they are. All right, we got a bunch of recommendations for various people we'll definitely look into. Let's see. Macaroni says, thanks for the email from Project Veritas. Share by proxy. YouTube didn't notify me of the stream. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm kind of feeling like um, we, we've had a few guests that YouTube clearly wasn't recommending. And like our viewership was way low. Mm. And I'm wondering if your guys' share by proxy is helping mm. keep, keep people notified that we're having the show. You know what I mean? You guys sent out an email, I suppose, so. Yep, yep, yep. And that's probably it. All right, let's see what we got here. Scott Spivey says, Tim, Facebook banned Pfizer Veritas video I posted today. So I posted your TimCast news video on the subject today, and they struck that down and gave me a warning. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Can't get it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> can't let it out of the bag. It was funny. Zuckerberg actually expressed uh, some made a statement on a, an executive Zoom call about his opinion about the vax he was concerned about its effects on dna rna and mark zuckerberg's own statement privately to his fellow executives on this private zoom call which was leaked to us would be in violation of the facebook policy (laughs) me quoting mark zuckerberg (laughs) would get me banned on facebook so it's a comedy of errors it's a dystopian you know reality it's great that we're laughing about it. it's weird that Uh, the android has feelings too right (laughs) we'll all be in jail soon but it'll be fine we'll have great jail (laughs) i I, I, I won't be (laughs) Bokeh, Trent Sink says, Andrew Breitbart would be proud of you, James. Thank you for what you do for freedom of information and saving the world. To that. Yeah. Oh, I miss the man. He was he was a force of nature. There's no one like him. You know what's really crazy is um, I know this, like, ridiculously liberal woman who is just, like, she was Russiagate insane, and she knew Andrew back in the day. And I remember I was having lunch with her, and she was talking to me because she was lefty back then. She was like, I don't know what happened to him. He used to be such a good liberal, and then one day he started to change, and then he just became far right. And this is this was this was a long time right. ago, long time ago. I was told this. This is probably like twenty eleven. No, no, this is two thousand nine, two thousand ten, maybe. I was told this way back, late two thousand ten, I think it was. I was I was told this, and I always thought it was really interesting. Well, Breitbart was a was a very unique man. It was a different world uh, back back then. I mean, it was, people would engage with each other like. You know, Dave Weigel, the Washington Post, you, you would, you would engage with each other on Twitter. Now it's just this, this such dichotomous, polarized society where you, we, we are starting at five million views on YouTube and not one single blue checkmark person will even utter a word about it. Well, nine years ago when Andrew and I were working together, it was just different. And right before he died, like three days before Andrew died, March 1st, 2012, I remember the morning, he made this statement to me on the telephone. It was something, something like, James, they want us to dance. We're not going to dance with them. They want us on a leash. They want us to be leashed. We're not going to be leashed. You know, we're going to, it was just, he had this very prophetic, powerful, cultural warrior spirit. And, and he knew, Andrew Breitbart knew how to, now, how to work with the media, but also expose the media. It was this, yeah. this, this ballet he did where he sort of hacked the media. But those were the days a decade ago when you, when, when there was conversation. 
10 years ago. Even though they hated me, they'd still talk to me. Well, it's John, John, interesting. John Stewart praised you on multiple occasions. He did. He, John Stewart was 75%, you know, you know, he, he had this 25-75, whereas Trevor Noah is just 100 to 0. But it was a different world. It was just a different time. And it was, and it was much more interesting. It's sad that, uh, People won't know that uh, part of the world, but that's what it was yeah. 10 years well, That's ago. when they didn't think they could say the uh, the private things out loud, and now they don't care. Right, right. And, yeah. Jason Kudu says, James is absolutely right. Journalists, headlines, reporting, and articles these days are wordsmith professionals. More than just spin. Unbelievable how disingenuous it is. It is. It is some, sometimes I read these articles, and I'm just flabbergasted. You know, the, 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 the fascist union workers— Helped by Rupert Murdoch has to be one of the most psychotic headlines I've ever seen. Are there people who still fall for this stuff? Of course, that's crazy. Yeah, when you lock people down and you keep them isolated, which is a, a, a you know an absolute torture tactic to make mm-hmm. people mentally unstable. Of course, they believe this kind of stuff. Stop watching mainstream propaganda. Turn it off if you haven't done it. Turn it off now. Well, they tend to these reporters tend to extol the high and mighty rather than expose them. And in this, and in this symbiotic relationship between "quote unquote" journalist, I say that in quotes, and the pharmaceutical companies and the government, it's usually the one in the pharmaceutical company manipulating the journalist. Mm-hmm. It's usually the, it's usually the, the one in the corporation or the government that's doing the manipulating. So, like a two-star general anonymously talks to the New York Times, the New York Times reporter is the one being manipulated by their source. And what we do is unmask those sources. We don't care. Uh, so that's the problem. The problem, and the, the, they've become slaves to access to him. Media yeah. has become slave to their dependency on their sources of information. It's it's amazing how earning credibility in journalism is how high you can climb the the establishment social ladder. You know, you you work for a news organization and you get access to you know Saki or someone in the Biden administration, yeah. and you get the story. Ah, Joe Biden told me this. And that's right. Then you can publish the story. And like, oh, good job. What's the John Taylor Gatto, the, you know, the school teacher from New York that wrote a whole bunch of great books on the indoctrination of America right. and where it came from with Prussia, right? When you look at the regurgitation that's taught, just, hey, just regurgitate what we're talking about and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. Manufacturing Consent is also a great book great that book. I recommend yeah. people read. Great book. All right. Into the Fray podcast says, for James, thank you for what you do. Question. What are your thoughts on a movement to encourage states to take a stand and protect their citizens from these illegal and immoral exercises of federal power? As such a movement exists. I think it's called, um, uh, I forgot the name of the organization that, that does that very thing. I, um, I've just escaped my mind. But uh, 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 there is an organization that does that. If it comes to me, I'll bring it up again. Right on. Phoenix On says, Tim is right. It makes no difference if your Vax passport says vaccinated or natural immunity. It's the passport that's the problem. Because once they have that, they can add whatever they want mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. They can be like, eh, you got to be six feet tall. Sorry. Bye-bye. Wow. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they, I, I doubt they do something like that. But you get the point. They can put whatever. Nick um, McConchie says, thank you for your amazing work, Project Veritos. Veritos. I think he meant Veritas, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> worth reading on Verite, the list. Veritas, it's Veritos. It's late on Thursday. <laughs> Project Veritas. The IRS, you know, the IRS stamped our approval in 2011, right, when um, Lois Lerner was, all, you know, going after the Tea Party. And I got to think, because my name wasn't on the documents, I wasn't on the board then, uh, I got to think that she thought she was stamping like a Latin book discussion club or something. She had no <laughs> idea what she nice. was approving. Put it in front of her. KCB says, I sold my beautiful house in the city and got a farmhouse on a bit of land. 
I deleted all social media and spend my time tending it. Never been happier. Ooh, nice. Awesome. Every, every day I wake up, I, you know, do my morning, you know, routine, hygiene, have some coffee. And then I get to work. You know, I'm reading. As soon as I wake up, I'm like reading news stories. I've got messages from people and I'm going through it. But as soon as I finish my first recording, I go tend to the chickens. We've got 15 now. And we've got the babies are separated from the adults and you wow. got to do all the work. And then after I do that, I get back to work. And so then there's meetings and then there's plans, there's projects. It is endless work all day. And then I get maybe from like 3 p.m. to 4, I get to exercise. I'll be skating. Then I get to eat food. Uh, today, I, I, we had to go to the store today because we ran out of food. And then it's back to work. Back to work because we have this show and guests are coming and we're doing a whole bunch of shows. It's just endless work. But I'll tell you this. Going outside and one of the one of the best days, best mornings I've ever had was when I got my own eggs right from the chickens. I picked some peppers right from the from, from the little farm area, grabbed a handful of cherry tomatoes. I went inside, chopped it all up, made some made it made an omelet all from my own food. It's a crazy feeling growing up in the city. A lot of people in the city, they, they've never experienced something like this. They don't understand. You just pick the egg up. You just eat it. It's independence, too. Yeah. I and mean, it came from almost nothing. That I mean, and I, God, I wish America was there. I'm a homesteader in, in Georgia, and it's like to be able to do all of this with your own life and your own property. Yeah. I, if I didn't have to be in politics because I want my kids to be free someday, I would spend all my time and effort trying to make sure that people understand that, hey, your, your ability to grow food, provide for your own safety, uh, get water and energy and all that kind of stuff on your own, man, that is, that is one of those most self-fulfilling pieces of life you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. I see Dean says, found out from a customer who works for a big Pennsylvania meatpacking plant that the FDA will shut down any facility that does not have 100% of the employees vaxxed. It is not up to management, but the government. I've not heard that. That that definitely we should investigate and we'll look into. D's nuts on your mom says, <laughs> "Whoa! <laughs> thank you for having James on when no big media outlet will touch him right now because it will hurt their profits. Well, you know, look, um, I'm a big fan of Project Veritas. I, I, I made you guys reposted that joke I made where I was like, James has got a serious problem. He's going to require surgery because mm-hmm. he has he has too uh, many spines. Uh, but I'm just, you know, you know, what really frustrates me is if you watch the arguments I have, I'm constantly upset with people who are cowardly, people who won't be brave, who won't stand up for themselves. And then I can look over at the, the Project Veritas team and be like, these, these they're, they're putting everything on the line for this. Like we were talking before the show, we were like, is James scared? Like, do you think he's worried about, I mean, you mentioned political prison. Mm-hmm. So, so when I see the work you guys are doing, I'm like. Bro, you can come on whenever you want. Well, That's I why think, we you, you text. I get a text message in the middle of the day, and I'm like, James, I think I, someone DM'd me yesterday from your <laughs> staff and said, "You want to come on tomorrow?" And I got back three o'clock this afternoon. I'd say Works two things. Me. I would say um, the commercial. It, this was a guy at ABC News. We secretly recorded, uh, and he said in a bar, "The commercial imperative is incompatible with the news." So it's very difficult to pursue profit and also do it, be an investigative reporter. So in, traditionally what would happen in like the 1970s or something is that a capitalist newsman would say, I'm just going to lose money on this investigation because I believe in the cause of doing good news journalism. That, that's gone. People don't do yep. that. So y- y- the idea of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on an investigation, which is what it cost us to do, but we're a foundation. We don't have advertising dollars. gives us independence. Um, but the commercial imperative says don't do that. Settle the lawsuit. Right. So we don't settle litigation. And then, and then furthermore, yeah, I mean, fear, I mean, I, I've already sort of talked about that, and you have to be at peace. You have to be at peace with this uh, notion that you could become a political prisoner. I'll speak from experience on that, on that part about investigative journalism, so, and I'll explain to people the formula and how it works. 
the people running media outlets today are, are, are businessmen. They get venture capital from big firms. They have, a, they have a duty to profit. And so what happens is someone comes along and says, CEO of company, I've got this investigation. We have documents that, that lead us to believe this corporation has done this evil thing. Now, we've got a whistleblower on the record, but we need to get that hard confirmation. We're going to need a, a small team to do this. It'll take us about a year. And the businessman says, really, this will be a big story. Oh, it'll be the biggest. All right. How many people do you need? Well, me and these two reporters, you know, if I'm getting paid, you know, 70,000 a year and they're each getting paid, you know, 50 or 60, then we're going to need budget for travel. And he's going to go, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. We're already talking about 200 grand. What, what's my, what's my return on this? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. That's for your business to decide. Do, can you guarantee me the story will produce fruit? No, it could turn out that we can't dig up what we need to dig up. We could, we could, we could spend a year on this and nothing happens. Then all of a sudden, another person walks right up to him and says, uh, hey, uh, I'm going to write an article about how James O'Keefe is far right and it'll get a million clicks. And the guy goes, how much do you want? I don't know, $100. And he goes, how much do I make off it? Well, a million views. I don't know. And he goes, done. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the method right now. Yeah, I've, I've leaned into the most expensive thing you could possibly do, and, and it's like cost me a million dollars to a story. <laughs> nice. And I don't know how I'm going to raise the money, but we do. And, and there is in these lawsuits, just one more comment about this. The litigation battles I've been through is, is, uh, it's unbelievable. I, in the teeter, in the teeter lawsuit went to federal jury trial and won. Federal jury trial, federal court, took us three years. I could have settled the case for, I don't know, 50 grand. Uh, which sounds like a lot of, a lot of money, but, um, the, the cost of the litigation was two million dollars. So I effectively said, go to hell. I'm not giving you 50,000. I'm going to spend two million on principle and one. It's just unheard of. I mean, and by the way, that's not on my Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. That's an extraordinary, uh, I think that's the most proud th- achievement at Project Veritas. We won every lawsuit. Yeah. Think of it. I mean, can you name any media corporation that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't settle lawsuits. And you'd, you'd think that's an indication you're right. But they don't put those facts right. on our Wikipedia page. They selectively edit them out. They deceptively edit them out <laughs> of a Wikipedia page. Think of it. And, and, um, and CNN, oh, I'm sorry, the Washington Post settled litigation with Nick Sandman. That was the young guy that was with the Native right. American. They settled that lawsuit. Why isn't that the first sentence of the Wikipedia page? They so, deceptively edit content frequently and have been called out and sued for it. Democracy dies but, in darkness. They want you to keep doing it. But so Jeff Bezos, the, the guy, whatever he's worth, a trillion dollars now, is his most proud achievement he wrote on the medium. His proudest achievement was his ownership of the Washington Post. That's an extraordinary statement because the Washington Post, that woke clickbait rag, cost him whatever it was, uh, 200 mil. And he thinks that owning it is more impressive than Amazon? Than, than, you know, is, is Dr. Evil spaceship? Huh. Um, yeah, I think seriously, that's an extraordinary admission. And it, it, it's, it shows to show you how much power the Washington Post has by virtue of their relationship with Google, Twitter, and Facebook. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's like a, a fitter Dr. Evil, but he kind of looks like him. And he literally made a Dr. Evil spaceship. What's up with it? Looked, looked, looked like a Dr. Evil spaceship. <laughs> a wiener ship. Sure. The, yeah. Johnson. <laughs> That's an unverifiable expression of opinion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Curry says, P.S. I love you, Tim. Keep doing the Lord's work. Dave Smith for president. Zach, give him my resume. Yeah, Dave Smith. uh, Big fans. Nice. Great guy. All right. Let's see. Mike Roach says, James, I want to help bring truth, but I only have a few more dollars than the super chip. How do I help? What's a clearer answer than hard work? 
Wait, say that again. What is a clearer answer than Mike work? is asking? How does he help? What is a clearer answer than quote hard work? A more clear answer than hard Something work. Something more specific, maybe. Oh, you want to help? Well, there's three. There's three things you can do. You can you can fight. You can go out in the field and and expose them. You can fund the people who do that or support the people who do that, or you can do nothing. Those are your three options. Mm. So uh, think of the, which of those categories you want to – you can donate $5 to this whistleblower. Uh, that's something you can do. I'm sure that's something you can afford to do. Uh, so I'd, I would say you can work for Project Veritas. We have a, we have a website, projectveritas.com. We have applications for employment. It depends upon what your passion is and what your skill set is. This is interesting. Uh, Z Dowd says some meds that used fetal cell lines during R&D. Acetaminophen, aspirin, ibuprofen, Tylenol, Pepto-Bismol, Tums, Lipitor, right. Motrin, Exlax, Benadryl, Sudafed, Preparation H, and Claritin. Now, I can't confirm any of those, but um, I have heard that many of these modern uh, medications, right. people don't realize, used fetal cell lines. And I would submit to you that if the executives at Pepto-Bismol, if I had emails saying we need to keep this secret from our consumers, that I would report that story just like this one. And I think that it's the politicization, the, the, the obsession with which side you're on. I'm going to expose all the fraud and the deception, even at Tylenol, if I need to. I remember I was talking to my mom. And she was like, you make a lot of videos about Democrats. And I was like, why? Did the Republicans do something I missed? <laughs> and she's like, well, no, it's just always about Democrats. And I was like, well, if you got something, let me know. I mean, because I'll complain about Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham all day, but they kind of just sit on their hands. Yeah. You know, they talk tough in uh, years where they're not in power, and then they get in power. But even even in 2016, 17, 18, like, they didn't do anything. Well, that's when they were in power. They can't. Exactly. They, they don't do anything when they're they, in power. And I'm like, what am I complaining about? That they're, they're, they're garbage politicians who do nothing. The Republican Party is weak and feckless. The Democrats are are constantly demanding they ban everybody's guns. They're yep. at war, man, and yeah. that's the thing. They're serious, whereas the Republicans aren't. So I'm not I'm not I'm not sitting here to be like I'm going to have a free pass to Republicans. I don't agree with their policies, but I'll tell you this: it's really easy to get conservatives to come and hang out and, and discuss their political beliefs. I can sit down with Glenn Beck and we can debate, you know, pro life versus pro choice, shake our hands, smile, and have tremendous respect for each other. I don't get that from the left. They, they're mostly terrified to come and talk about these politi- political ideas. Well, there's no principle. And, and the thing is, is yeah, you know, if, if you have to result to you're a racist, you're a sexist, you're a homophobe, and any argument that you're ever in, I mean, that trope is dead these days. It's, mm-hmm. uh, thank God. All right. Let's see. Free men die free says vote libertarian LPMC at the minimum if uh, in your state government. If you won't do it federally, do so at state level. Yep. I'm actually a big fan of that, um, but I think the Libertarian Party is too wacky, to be honest. Well, the Mises Caucus is, is good. Yeah, so the National definitely is like nobody in the Libertarian Party is a big. Well, I say nobody. Most people in the Libertarian Party aren't fans of National. I mean, right now there is a concerted effort that will probably go through this next year where the LPMC is going to go in and clean house at the national level. And I think the LPMC, I mean, I'm part of it myself. It is, it is one of these organizations. Thanks to like Mike Heiss and Dave Smith and the rest of these guys that are done playing nice and going out and fighting instead of, you know, kind of taking these positions where they want to be liked by the left or the right in mainstream media. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'm going to do a quick quick fact check on one of these super chats real quick. Um, let, me, let me just check something real quick. I, okay, uh-oh. Maybe at the time of the super chat, but let me see. I'm looking at Twitter trends right now. I don't see it. I see Glenn Greenwald is trending and Ben Shapiro. Well, someone said, you are top trending on Twitter again. 
I had to get your attention about it. Veritas or you? Veritas. Oh. Yeah, Jonathan Galtarini said that. We well, tre- well, the problem is that Super Chat came in a while. We were trending. Uh, exposed Twitter was trending here today. Uh, 50,000 yeah. tweets. Woo. Um, I was trending under enter- the entertainment section. Hashtag James O'Keefe was trending oh. under entertainment. So we keep trending on Twitter, even though I'm banned from Twitter and I'm suing Twitter for defamation. You're doing some right. All right. Let's see. The drunk conservative says James keeps smashing the oligarchy. Everyone needs to be just as brave. Do something. And have this crazy multi-spine condition that you have. P.S. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I think um, I think you have to let go of your fear. Like Luke said that so eloquently in, in what, what, what you said. I don't know how you said that, but I'm going to take a look at that. 30 I don't remember. I clip. forgot. <laughs> just blank out. That was, that was a really poetic way of saying that you're liberated. You're, 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 there's more to life than, than obsessing over being having approval. It's also psychological. This is not a political issue. It's a psychological. Mm-hmm. When people ask, what can I do, what they're really asking is um is is you know meaning it's kind of the pursuit of happiness versus the pursuit of meaning mm. the pursuit of comfort you're going to be uncomfortable you're going to suffer you're going if you do this you will suffer people say what can i do well welcome to suffering because in mm. the journalism business you're going to suffer you're going to go through pain but you're also going to have meaning in, in your life and uh i think yeah. people have arrived at that destination now and I've had many people in the military tell me that our war is here, like you've said today. Our yeah. war is not overseas. It is on our soil. We, we, we've all seen The Matrix, I take it, right? Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about that guy? I think his, what was his name Cypher. He was the guy who, who secretly <laughs> Why met. Why did I take the blue pill? Exactly. Yeah. He's the guy who secretly met with the agents because he wanted to be put back in The Matrix. How do we feel about that guy? Well, I mean, we don't we don't like it. I think it's a, what you're talking about is like taking action at the end of the day in face of your fear and finding passion and finding something to really live for and believe in. And, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. you can you can at least lay your head down and sleep well. Well, I, I bring up this character because, you know, all these characters are woken up to how the real world is. They were in the soft comfort of the Matrix living a lie. With the blue pill. Right. Yep. This guy eventually says, I don't want to live this way. It's too hard. Put me back in the machine. And you know what? Ignorance is bliss. Right. And, that, and that's the reality. When you wake up to what's going on, whatever whatever euphemism or whatever you want to call it, red pill or, you know, whatever, there's going to be a lot of struggle. Yes. You are, you are going to take charge of your life. You are going to take risks and it'll be a struggle. But for me, I would not want to be in the matrix. I'd well, rather be fighting. If you fighting. survive this abuse, the, the the as a muckraker over time, I think you develop a new kind of superpower. Just yeah. like any survivor of any form of abuse, you are no longer a slave to fear. You're invigorated by not the knowledge that you're no longer a slave to fear, and and suffering too can make you a a better version of yourself. So you're right, Tim. I think it is like the matrix. I think it's easy to comply. I have a one of my close friends is. He's the sort of guy that believes he's my friend. You believe it or not, people people's friendships are ruined by this day and age. But my, I still maintain a very close friend who believes what he sees on CNN, and he got his vaccines. I got my booster shot. I got my second booster shot. They just love the compliance. They, it it makes them feel safe. Yeah, it makes them feel happy. Ignorance is bliss, right? Yep. 
Compliance is easy. Well, my friends, go to TimCast.com, become a member, because we will have a members-only segment coming up around 11 or so p.m. And don't forget to smash the like button here. You can follow me at TimCast. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. Share the show with your friends. If ev- It's like what James saying, um, you know, if everybody is sharing, then we have more marketing power than CNN could ever dream of. So if every single person right now shared this show, it would it would reach everybody. Okay, figuratively. But um, uh, before we go, James, did you want to shout anything out? I think you got a new book, right? Yeah, the book's called American Muckraker. It's not out till January, but it's on pre-order now on Bezos's website, oh. Amazon. Bezos thinks his ownership of the Washington Post is more interesting. Than his That's interesting. But buy the book, American Muckraker. All proceeds go to Project Veritas. And, of course, if you're on the inside and you're seeing theft, fraud, or deception – Contact us at VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com. We'll send you a hidden camera and make your colleagues and supervisors internet celebrities. <laughs> VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com. Shane, did you want to shout anything out? Sure, yeah. RadicalPod.com is my show. It's where you'll find all the links. Uh, Shane T. Hazel on Twitter. And I'll tell you, we're going to do some very interesting things for this governor election down here in Georgia. So if you guys want to follow that. Uh, get involved. Uh, we're going to do some things a little bit differently in terms of funding because, let's face it, you know, being bought and paid for is kind of a cliche thing these days. We're going to do self-funding. So to to help me divorce myself from everything else, uh, you can find the the donations and the Patreon accounts there on uh, RadicalPod.com. Uh, let's also not forget when you let go of fear, you have a lot more fun and you have a lot more meaning. I also wanted to add that to the bait. Shouts out to Ian. He's not here, but if you want to follow him, you can at Ian Crossland. My website that I have way too much fun on is <laughs> LukeUncensored.com. LukeUncensored.com. We just released members only merchandise and t-shirts available only on LukeUncensored.com. Hope to see you there later on today. I'm going to have to check out LukeUncensored.com now. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Thank you all for your super chats. I know we weren't able to get to everything, but we really appreciate it. And I know really glad that Project Veritas was able to get their message out a little bit. And Shane was able to get his message out, too, about running in Georgia. Uh, you guys are welcome to follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patchlitz. We will see all of you over at TimCast.com in the member segment. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.